Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red-letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. Sorry for missing last week, but uh, we're making it up to you. We just watched Silver Bullet, a movie where a kid has to use his wheelchair to kill a werewolf. Written by Stephen King. Uh, You guys, initial thoughts on this movie? Uh, Any backstory about you guys, your first time watching Silver Bullet? Initial thought, masterpiece. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I'll, know why there aren't more werewolf movies. Like, to, yeah, may, full stop. I mean, maybe because they just perfected the genre. Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Before this, the best werewolf movie I'd seen was perhaps Ginger Snaps. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the list is not great. Yeah, we'll get I'm, to that. I guess Pops second up. place would be the the MST werewolf. So, which, by the way, great episode. Not American Werewolf in London, nor The Howling. I completely forgot about American Werewolf in London. <laughs> I thought about watching The Howling this week, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> you don't want to spoil it, you know. You were teasing me about a good choice you made. I'm very excited to hear about it. Later. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, buddy. Oh, Parker, yeah. Parker, can you please treat us to the news? Oh, buddy. Someone say treat? Yes. <sighs> All right, let's just let you have this. Chris, what do you feel? about Martin Scorsese having the nerve to not like Marvel movies? Well, I, I've thought about it, and I actually, I kind of wrote a little something here that I wanted to just, so just bear with me. Martin Scorsese is right. That's the end. It's hard to say. Chris has I been was canceled. really hoping you were going to say, like, Martin Scorsese or something. <laughs> that would have been Josh. Come on. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, he's right. Martin Scorsese's right. And all he said was just like, eh, you know, they're well made. They're pretty good. The actors are doing a good job. But it's, it's just not for me. I don't know. I'm kind of old school, yo. Doesn't matter. Still canceled. Yeah, exactly. How dare you not like Thor? Liberal Thor. cancel culture comes for us all. He makes six or seven movies where you say the N-word a lot. And all of a sudden, here come the PC police. <laughs> it's disgusting. He did. He hasn't even watched those movies. How can he speak on them? If he had watched Avengers Age of Ultron, he would have loved it. He doesn't have the emotional attachment to Tony Stark. He hasn't been through his journey. He's a coward who makes movies that take place in one story. You say Instead it one time and all of a sudden you're N-word guy. It's not fair. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You write yourself a scene in your own movie that you're directing where you get to say it, and all of a sudden, everyone's got a complex about it. Whatever. I'd like to see him go to the fucking quantum realm. Coward. All he he ever does is write movies about gangsters. Like Hugo, and Taxi Driver, and Raging Bull. It's just not fair. And that one about the priest? Last Temptation of Christ? No, the other one. Oh, okay. Uh... (laughs) Parker, do you have any other news? Oh, buddy. (laughs) I'm going to play a game called How Far Into the Sentence Do You Throw Your Laptop? You ready? All right. A Maniac Cop TV series 
Ooh, coming to Pokemon? HBO from Nicholas winning Reffin. Oh, oh god. god damn it. Why would you? We were so close. <laughs> <laughs> fucking the thought of him making 10 hours of anything makes me want to put my head through the wall. <laughs> well, I'm glad I know that now and not after I've started watching it. <laughs> Man, who do you, who do you think they're going to cast as uh, as the Maniac Cap? It has to be someone with a big head. So, I assume it's either going to be uh or it just has to be Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I'd like to throw my hat in the ring, <laughs> metaphorically. <laughs> like, if they don't have a big prosthetic head, then what's even the point? If you're not going for the Robert Zadar look, what what are we doing? Exactly. Why would you need a big prosthetic head when you can just watch a bunch of Rick and Morty right before you leave? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's or funny. Anything else yeah. I had? Next story. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Chris, this is a good time of year. All these series are getting these sequels. Like, we might get a new Elm Street. I'm sure you're excited about. Probably yeah. getting a new Texas Chainsaw you're definitely excited about. Oh, oh time boy. to watch the entire series and all accompanying documentaries again to prepare. Correct. <laughs> Bruce Campbell said they're making a new Evil Dead movie he's going to produce. But, Chris, I've saved the best for last because I have good news for you. Yes, I love good news. Kevin Smith has confirmed that Clerks 3 is happening, baby. It's if back you, on. If you had seen the way my smile just fell as Susie <laughs> said the words Kevin Smith. Snoochie boochies like, indeed, Christopher. Chris, if, if we paused Parker in the moment that the words Kevin Smith came out of his mouth and tried to come up with what the worst possible thing he was about to say would be, what would we end up with? Uh, ooh, that's tough. Clerks two and a half would somehow be worse than Clerks three. <laughs> Dante's pride. Or if you just said Kevin Smith is coming to your house right now. <laughs> I, I See, I feel pretty safe because I have standard-sized doorways. <laughs> you know, here's the thing about Kevin Smith. I, let's get personal here. He needs to gain weight. He really does. Because he like Jonah Hill? He just don't care for it. I know it's worse. He looks scrawny and he keeps making the same awful face now. And I do not <laughs> like it at all. No, sir. He's finally small to get shoved in back. lockers, which is really good for me personally. You know, and I have no, I have no reason to say this because I'm pretty sure he was near death when he was obese and everyone was making fun of him. It was probably a really important journey for him. But now he's just hot dogging it. I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> you don't flip the bat. Yeah, I lost much weight. Sick. I never got kicked off an airplane for being too fat, and also I never made Jersey Girl. So scoreboard idiot. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Uh, well, shout out to every day. Area. <laughs> it bones me. <laughs> every day, Chris, I check IP Torrance while waiting for the Jay and Silent Bob reboot to hit so I can assign it to you. I am what you call a good friend. I will be busy that week. <laughs> sure, hope your teams don't stumble or bumble around the field. It would be so unfortunate if you had to watch 90 minutes of in jokes from 20 year old movies. That's okay. The Cowboys are definitely going to turn it around this week, right? Yeah, I mean... This I, is it. This is Time what motivates them. Sometimes you need a loss to Sam Darnold. Man, by the way, talk about that game. Just hearing Tony Romo go, Yeah, so, you know, Jason Garrett's fingerprints look all over this offense. i surprised I didn't hang myself from a ceiling fan. <laughs> <laughs> that was back in the thing I've ever heard an announcer say. I have life. to admit, Robo's so fucking funny when he was talking about like, yo, you know, the Jets, they, they might go into New England and surprise them and the color and the play-by-play -play guy was just like, really? He's like, no, New England's going to win by 50. 
miss him so much. <laughs> He's so much better than Madden. Let's just put it out there. <laughs> Correct. All right. Uh, any other news? Two things real quick that aren't really news, but I want to tell you about them anyways. Okay. They're filming Fast and Furious 9 right now. Okay. Justin Lin is back, who did all of the good ones. Right. He's wearing a Justice for Han t-shirt. Y'all, hands in. Let's get some good <laughs> vibes going. Let's make this happen. Uh, it's going to make me so sad when this is all so bad. But... There's still uh, hope. As the resident optimist here, the uh, the only one who has a brain small enough to be an optimist. Wow, it's I'm... funny that you're an optimist after only seeing 30 minutes of 8 and also not seeing Hobbs and Shaw. Exactly. That's, you know, weird how that works it's out. crazy. It's a weird coincidence. But... Yeah. <laughs> Pretty odd. <laughs> Uh, Parker, what's the other news? This isn't really news, but it's a thing I didn't watch, but I heard about after the fact. <laughs> so, here's the thing. I'm sure y'all have seen that Fox is very, very interested in promoting that they have WWE now. That they have Correct. I guess. I haven't noticed. I did not watch the show live, but when I was told, hey, you should go back and watch Chris clips from the draft because they had a war room which is a boardroom full of people in suits, and also Cletus the football robot. <laughs> <laughs> I yep, have not laughed that hard in weeks. Just seeing like, oh, we take Alexa Bliss, and just seeing a giant CGI robot like put his hands on like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> fucking, if you want to watch fucking Joe Buck and Troy Aikman pretend they know what a Roman Reigns is, I cannot <laughs> recommend it hard enough. It's, it's very, very good. <laughs> I watched so many clips because they would throw to like the fucking the, the NFL pregame guys like oh who are your favorites and they're all people from 30 years ago half of which are dead it's so cool I'm really into George the Animal Steel <laughs> the idea of like Howie Long just getting up there and being like whatever happened to that Chris Benoit guy <laughs> imagine trying to talk to Terry Bradshaw about pro wrestling <laughs> there's nothing I want more in my life <laughs> I'm not, they were just kind of gorgeous George and everything. Here we go. I think it cuts to a tribute to Eddie Guerrero. Oh my god. <laughs> How much would it cost to get Terry Bradshaw to say Viva La Raza and not say a slur afterwards? Say that Booker McFarland sounds like a wrestler name. What's wrong with that? What's wrong? Why are we cutting the commercial? <laughs> we mean like Stephen A. Smith just bringing up Palestine. We <laughs> 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 got the same thing going on in China. Yeah, let's go to commercial. <laughs> this has been Stephen such a so much. Yeah, he, I've really come around on him. This world can't survive he is... without him. He is so pure and so perfect. Take a look, y'all. <laughs> one of the greatest tweets of all time. <laughs> Bill Simmons had him on his podcast like a month and a half ago. And it was great because like on the very next podcast, he was like, yeah, it was awesome to be on my own podcast and not have to do any of the work for once. <laughs> Stephen A would just show up and go on tangents. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Keep talking. <laughs> okay, uh... That's all the news. I have harrowing personal stories, but that's all the news. I suppose we're not going to talk about uh, the face tattoo? <laughs> we'll get to we'll it. We'll get to that. Oh. We'll get to it. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Can we get to him now? Yeah, <laughs> let's sure. Yeah, could you? Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. So my jerk of the week <laughs> is a friend of the show, Aaron Carter. 
You see, he got a face tattoo, oh, Aaron. which is of Medusa. <laughs> of course, everyone asked him, hey, so why'd you do that? <clears throat> if, if I may. <laughs> Medusa is symbolic of his mother and the inspiration behind... She's the inspiration behind his new week. Medusa is my protector. If you want to come at me with some negativity, my Medusa will stare you in the eye and turn you into stone. Now, you might remember the negativity is... <laughs> His fucking brother and brother's wife put a restraining order against him for threatening to murder them. And their unborn and child. their unborn child. He threatened to murder Nick Carter's unborn baby. He was like, hey, you can't come near me. He's like, oh, man, all this, wow, vibe check out here. Let me get this Medusa tat on my face. Wow, you triggered Nick? Uh, yeah, the Backstreet Boy Snowflake has been triggered yet again. <laughs> so culture running rampant this week. So shout out to friend of the show, Aaron Carter, for also all of the alleged sexual assaults at every single concert. <laughs> Your story, <laughs> all the unrelated people just being like, yeah, he asked me if I wanted to come backstage, is harrowing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I believe it, too. Does this mean we have to stop listening to Aaron's party like it's a nope. mission remix? No, no, I... Alright, just making sure. Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> it's called separating the art from the artist. <laughs> it's like watching a Woody Allen movie. I, you know, I like a song that tells a story. Such as, <laughs> that's how I beat Shaq. <laughs> I put it in the hoop. Like Slam. <laughs> I heard the crowd screaming out. Jam. <laughs> Alright, uh, Alex, do you have a jerk of the week? buddy do i oh boy my jerk of the week is you america (laughs) now now picture this picture this because we've all been this guy at one point just imagine you know you're just a a young person with dreams aspirations just trying to make it in the world you you know you work hard you work hard you save your money you do the best you can you just try to try to live day after day finally you get your big break you get your chance to go on a reality TV show dressed up like a mascot and sing Old Town Road. <laughs> and what do you do, America? You send my boy Ninja home from The Masked Singer on the first week. What is wrong with you guys? He's just hes just out there trying to live his best life, just trying to sing the smash hit of the summer while dressed up like a fucking bear or something. Like, I, shame on you, America. Shame on you. This is what we deserve. All right, my jerk of the week is a man who's been in the news recently. I, you may have heard of this guy. His name is Bernard Sanders. Oh, jeez. Uh, the pros are it again. Oh, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> now, there's, there's this professional film critic. She has paid money to talk about movies, so she's smarter than you and I. And uh, she said, <clears throat> The Last Jedi is objectively the best Star Wars movie, the most cohesive, the best looking, and the most interesting ideas raised, and not liking it is the world's biggest cell phone. I think we can all agree with that take. And <laughs> Mr. Sanders, the senator, decided to send his bros after her. I just I just think that uh, she's owed an apology. And Dana Schwartz, if you're listening to this, and I know you are, I will protect you at all costs. <laughs> As the lone defender on the show, I don't ever remember going, yeah, that movie is pretty cohesive. It's really flowed together. Don't you like all the really good ideas that were in The Last Jedi? Yeah, like when they (laughs) saved the space horses. Yeah, it was really good. They went to Casino Planet. (laughs) Cohesion's important in screenplays. 
That's why it's good to make your movie almost three hours and meandering. I'd, I'd like to think that Benicio Del Toro really ties that movie together. God damn it, I forgot he was in that. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, it's good. because Yeah. Okay, uh, let's get into what we watched recently. The first one I watched is a movie from the list. Now, Alex, you have mentioned on a number of occasions that... Some of the movies I watch where I say, oh, it was on the list, tend to have some things that maybe, you know, an ordinary viewer might not ought to want to see. You don't say. Sometimes it happens. But there's another list, the horror list. That that should be really good, you know? I watched Galaxy of Terror, uh, a.k.a. Mind Warp and Infinity of Terror. Uh, I've not seen this, but I think I'm familiar with where we're going here. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, buddy. Sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was produced by Roger Corman. And as soon as I put it on, I, I like the title, Galaxy of Terror. I'm like, oh, what could possibly go wrong? It came out two years after Alien. And boy, this movie just rips off Alien. Um, there's some stuff that I like in it. Robert England's in it uh, for no reason. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure this is like before. If this is 81, I'm pretty sure this is before he became Freddy Krueger. It's got Grace Abriski. Uh, turns out she always could uh, look like that. And I'm uh, like, okay, well, I'll get into it. And immediately, like five minutes in, I'm just bored. Just really, really bored. Nothing really works. You don't really care about the story. I'm like, okay, it's a background movie. And then the rape scene happens with a Correct. giant fucking bug alien sort of thing. Why, Roger? Why, why did you put that in here? Was that really necessary? Just, it's a good thing you're the only one of us that watched anything with a giant creature raping somebody this week. So. Well, yeah. Uh, I, Thanks again, buddy. I watch it so you don't have to. Uh, <laughs> the next one I watched is... Uh, this is where the spicy hot takes come from. I watched Joker. Um, and uh, I'm triggered already. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, no incels allowed. Loved ones will be canceled. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll just get my uh, initial impression here. I loved it. I thought it was very, very good. I think it's one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen, although there are no superheroes in it. Um, I think it does a lot of things really well. Uh, before I get a whole lot more into it, I, I might spend like 20 minutes talking about this. Uh, I think a lot of people lied about seeing this, and I, I feel very strongly about that. I'd like to point the finger immediately at David Ehrlich, who explicitly lied about it and won't admit it, because, uh, you know, you can't just admit that you're a liar these days. But uh, everyone who said that this movie will inspire incels or that incels are in this movie is a liar. And then other people came out and said, oh, I just saw the movie and his supporters are not like incels. They were actually more like Antifa. Whoever said that is a liar. His supporters are not at all like Antifa. It's, it is so clear and obvious to me that a lot of people were making stuff up about this movie so they could get attention or they could... I don't know, I just feel like a lot of outlets wanted a shooting to happen so they'd have something to write about. And it's weird, they didn't do this for Suicide Squad, but they did it for this movie. And it's like, oh, remember Aurora, Colorado? Where the people were watching a movie that doesn't have the Joker in it, and the guy did not dress up as the Joker? I, it just really it bugs me, you know? People well, He didn't have to, because he literally became the Joker. All right, yeah, okay. <laughs> Several people died. Funny. Uh... Here's the thing about this movie. If you guys were to watch it, I guess you guys haven't seen Joker yet. I actually forgot it came out. So, yeah. <laughs> I 
if if you guys end up like hating it and just be like, well, what is Chris thinking when he sees this? I think that's fair as long as you actually watch the movie because one of the things that I like about all the marketing that came up to this, all the different people saying, oh, it's going to cause incels to show up the screen, and yet it got a standing ovation at Cannes or something like that. What I like about it is it's inspired so many people see it, and so many people have so many different takes on it. So many people have so many different interpretations of it, and I really like that. It's a very unique take on the Joker. Alex, I know you don't like the Joker as a character, and that's totally fair. I, I think, especially, I, I know you're, you're not really into the Dark Knight. Uh, you think that's... I'm not anti-Dark Knight. Like, you I'm used s- to be. <laughs> no, I, I think saying Batman Begins is better than the Dark Knight doesn't make you anti-Dark Knight. Oh, you, you... I think the Dark Knight has problems, but like, I, I think it's so still too. a pretty good movie. I, okay, in the past, I was, I was uh, I sort of classified as one of those guys who thinks it's like, oh Are my. you suggesting that I was hyperbolic about a movie, Chris? I, <laughs> what <yeah>. the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I, but this one is a really unique take. Here's one of, the, one of the things I like about it. He actually is, you know, in all the other Joker movies, or all the movies that feature the Joker, they keep saying that he's insane or crazy. You know, that's a pretty insulting thing to say. And uh, in this one, it, it kind of shows it's just like, you know, you're kind of treating him really poorly. Uh, he, is that, Chris's yeah. own keeping a woke goes wrong? Yeah, I guess. Mm. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm I'm woke enough. You know, I know where the limit is. Uh, he's he's also uh, he also the laugh is explained that it's it's part of like uh, it's it's like a coping mechanism for him. It's involuntary. He can't help it. He is not smart in this way. He is in fact really very dim-witted. He is in no way a criminal mastermind. He is absolutely not a leader until like the very end when he's just like oh, I I guess hey <laughs> the aristocrats. Uh, and here's the best part he is not ever in any way compared to batman because batman's not in the movie it's and that's the thing is every other instance of the joker is just like wow look at this bright and wacky character isn't he so different from batman isn't that just so cool whereas in here he's just really his own character um other things i like obviously joaquin phoenix's performance is fantastic i don't need to get too much into that everyone else already has but the movie takes its time. It has its own vision. It, I, it The music's great. The cinematography is great. The lighting is great. Uh, Robert De Niro does a pretty damn good job. It's one of his best movies in a long time. People have said, oh, it rips off Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. First of all, if you're going to rip something off, you might as well do the classics. And the other thing is, that's such a lazy comparison because it takes those things and uses it as a sort of jumping off point. Like, look at it from this sort of way. And it, I just think this movie really, really works. But... This is real deal, no sex appeal. We have to get something going for the laugh, so I do have a couple criticisms. Uh, <laughs> the first one is, Parker, you already know that it happens because you've seen a Batman movie before, but they kill off Thomas and Martha Wayne. And, Say it ain't so! Yeah, they... And what do we see again? Wow, the sl- The slow motion pearls. Sick, I don't I, see the thing, at that, man. At that point, like, I, uh, some of my other friends who saw it and liked it, uh, they were just like, uh... I don't need to see slow motion pearls anymore. At that point, I was just like, you know what? We're just gonna get that. We're, we're just—I just expect it. If I can't imagine seeing a Batman movie without that, it'd be weird. I, if I will say, I'd love to, because you—you—you yeah. you, you, uh, you brought up how many different takes there were in this movie. The one mm-hmm. thing that I have heard from every person I know that's seen this movie, or as Chris would say, has claimed to have seen this movie, mm-hmm. is that that is the worst scene in the movie by far. So. I, th- I think it everyone's is. united on one thing which is weird because it's not even that bad of a scene like because for me it's just like i didn't really need that uh it's like yeah i know i know i, I know what's going to happen to them because here's the reason that i don't need the scene 
I'm an American. Every American knows the story of Batman. We know the story of Batman better than the Count of Monte Cristo for crying out loud. That's embarrassing. But we, we don't need the scene. We can sort of interpret it. This movie is rated R. You know, we have adults watching this. We could just imply it. You could just have them go into crime alleys. Uh, no, this movie is not for kids. Uh, the other scene... Wait, uh, what? <laughs> Twisted movies not for kids? It, but it's not animated, Parker. Settle down. Uh, then why'd you see it? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I assume uh, he's going to get to like the rape or the child abuse soon. No, no, no. There's nothing in there like well, it's, that. It's that or cartoons, man. It's no, one or the other. Yeah, that's my gimmick. Uh, and the other thing man, I'll take is... Last Jedi over for fucking kids, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's close, though. Anyway, uh, so towards the end of the movie... Um, He's uh, he's in the cop car. This is where the old meme picks come from. He's in the cop car. He's in the Joker makeup. It's really cool. Uh, and he, here's the thing about Todd Phillips. He must be at least half boober. Because the song that plays while he's in the cop car looking outside goes like this. In the white room with black curtains. And I'm like... I wasn't expecting a song from the fucking 60s in this movie. It's the most Suicide Squad-ass decision I have ever heard. Uh, it's, it's not even, like, bad. It's just like, what the fuck was that? Why did he use that? Um, overall, I do recommend Joker. I think it's really good, and I really, really want to rewatch it and look at it from a different perspective. One of the things I like about it so much is it's not political at all. The Joker says explicitly, I don't believe in anything. Uh, he does inspire some people who are like, you know, kill the rich, that sort of thing. And But he doesn't care about that. He's not interested in that idea. And I guess the movie makes pretty clear that a lot of people are very angry at each other. There's a lot of division in the country right now. And people are attributing it to politics. They attribute it to the rise of socialism or the orange man. That's not the real reason why people are, are so mean to each other. People are sometimes just really, really rotten. And I, I really like the movie for uh, for uh, going there. And it does a really good job. And I, again, I really recommend it. The next one I watched is... Um, uh, one thing. like yeah. Even if I don't see the Joker, even if I don't like it, if I watch it and hate it, the story that came out that Jared Leto was super upset when they announced <laughs> that they were going with this movie, like... <laughs> it's automatically four stars knowing it cost him like a deep physical anguish but they're like thanks but no we're gonna do this instead uh it's it's better than the vast majority of marvel movies low bar to clear beat alex to it uh next one i watched is dead of night uh parker you and i have both seen dead of night turns out that's a pretty good movie isn't it i think that's one of the earliest horror anthologies i've ever seen I don't remember anything except the creepy doll part. Okay, so my favorite scene was actually the the golf ghost scene because I was like, "Wait a second, this movie's a farce now. This is like really funny." So oh, that's right. <laughs> the ending's really good. It really ties all the segments together really well. So I don't want to give too much away, but I, I really like Dead of Night. I think it's worth watching. That was a classic, like fifth or sixth movie I watched that day, kind of thing. Oh yeah, to- totally. The next one I watched, I don't, I'm trying not to laugh as I get it. Um, this is a movie, uh, it's called The Incredible Shrinking Man. Uh, <laughs> starring Cameron Worrell. Uh, this, this movie is actually very easily one of the best black and white horror movies I've ever seen. It is so shockingly good. It's actually got a kind of a terrifying premise. Because when you hear something like The Blank 
or or the blank man even for these 1950s uh, black and white horror movies you usually think oh that's going to be the scary person the atomic man or something like that or the electric head or or whatever uh you think i'm that's... not gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you think that that's gonna be the scary one and uh, he's gonna attack people and how is a small person going to hurt anyone cam you little digging down there and it's just like uh you know Unless it's like Ant-Man or something like that. Even then, he's not going to hurt anybody. He just steals plans or something. Uh, the Incredible Shrinking Man, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the scariest premises. Going from being six feet tall to five feet eleven. <laughs> Chills down my spine. So... Mom said you guys have to stop making fun of me. <laughs> uh <laughs> As it turns out, I, again, I, you know, we like to make jokes here on Real Deal No Sex Appeal, but the movie's actually really, really good. It's got really, really good special effects. It's very well acted. It's it's intriguing. And the story kind of changes as it goes along. It changes into uh, going from just like, this feels weird. I am shrink. Honey, get in here. I am shrink. Look at this. I'm shorter than you. What is going on here? Uh and then it sort of becomes one of these, uh, it's like Robinson Crusoe in the Evil Dead basement. Uh, and then, the, for some reason, the movie has a really powerful ending. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. It's like, I was not expecting that. It was like, kind of a message from God sort of ending. <laughs> uh, I, I recommend it. Parker, I guess you haven't seen The Incredible Shrinking Man yet? I have not. Buddy, I, I lived it. <laughs> I, I definitely recommend The Incredible Shrinking Man. I think that's very clearly one of the best movies I've watched uh, this Fortnite. Uh, rest in peace, that game. Apparently it's down or something. Then I watched... Oh, Fortnite 2 is back, dude. I wouldn't know. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, the next one I watched is... Uh, you, would not be, uh, you would not believe. I talked to all the boomers that I know, and neither one of them knew that this is a real movie. Uh, turns out, Batman 1989 is not the first Batman movie. There was one oh, that came buddy. out in 1966. Oh, buddy. <laughs> so I watched that. Oh, buddy. <clears throat> yeah, but Martin Scorsese was definitely right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, DC movies are different. Anyway, uh, turns out Adam West is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Could you imagine Martin Scorsese being a Snyder Cut guy? <laughs> a fucking dark yes, time. actually. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. You should be. Batman the Movie, as it's called, came out in 1966. And, again, Adam West cracks me up. He's actually, he's got some really, really funny moments in this. That are, it's not just like, oh, look at it. It looks so stupid. It says Biff and Pow when he punches people. No, there's, like, some actual on-purpose humor in here. Where, like, I think they discover a body, and he's, like, he says to, like, Robin, Back away quickly. Do not notify the authorities. And make our escape. And I, I don't know why. It's just really funny the way that he delivers it. Turns out Adam West is good. Uh, everyone else in the movie is just like, eh, okay. Burgess Meredith as the Penguin sounds basically identical oh, to God. his role in Rocky. <laughs> that sounds incredible. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, it gets to him. He, he was the original Penguin. And this is 11 years, I believe, before Rocky came out. Something like that. Like 10 years, right about. And he sounds, again, identical. But he looks so much younger than he was in Rocky. Aged very poorly in that decade. And he's constantly going, Wah! 
like crankor and uh, <laughs> at one point they're in a submarine he's trying to fire torpedoes or something and at one point they're like fire torpedo three and he just turns around and goes <laughs> like he's waluigi <laughs> uh it sounds good somehow caesar romero is very easily the least memorable joker of all time correct <laughs> no one's ever gonna remember everyone likes to bring him. he didn't shave his mustache no one cares <gasps> no one could ever possibly care uh <laughs> so it's not good uh the next the one... only thing i know about 60s batman is a story that adam west of frank gorsh got kicked out of an orgy for staying in character which is <laughs> one of the greatest things i've ever read in my life <laughs> they just showed up at some party and saw it was an orgy so they just stayed in full batman and riddler characters and were asked to leave <laughs> that's such so, a power so move the opposite of every anime convention correct <laughs> uh the next one this is one I, I need to talk about, and I, uh, I don't know how to feel about it. Buckle up, this. folks. Yeah. I, I know I've been going on, but some of these are actually... this. I think this will be interesting. Uh, back when I first started watching movies like more seriously in college, just like going through it, just watching as many as I could, I was really fixated on that list of the worst movies ever made. And I was like, i, I got to check some of these out. And I started watching some of them, and some of these are real stinkers. But uh, there was one that I, I never got around to checking out. It's called Sextet. Uh, have you heard of Have you guys heard of Sextet? Mercifully, no. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't. No, you guys wouldn't like it. It's not a good movie. It's quite bad. In fact, some people some people call it one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, this movie stars Mae West. Uh, now I know you guys haven't heard of her. Once so upon just a time in the West. Mae West is one of my heroes. Uh, she was one of the first sex symbols of the big screen and. Some people call her the first liberated woman. I don't know if that's a compliment. Uh, but uh, it's cast her mind back. It's the 1920s, and she wants to be uh, a, an actress. And she's like, how do I get famous? And some guy is just like... Fresh off stopping Dr. Lovers. <laughs> so, and she's uh, just like, yeah, I, I want to get famous. How do I get famous? Some guy is just like, all you need to do is get a lot of attention for yourself. And she's like, oh, I know how to do that. That's uh, Yeah, and uh, she... <laughs> She uh, writes her own plays. Now, first of all, women writing plays back then is just like women wearing pants. You just can't women do writing. it. Exactly. With a pencil. And she writes her own play. And she calls it sex. <laughs> and you can't do that in the 1920s, damn it. So she gets thrown in jail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> it's really fucking funny. <laughs> she, she looked back on it with humor, so don't worry. It's okay. Uh Hollywood's always had a problem with ageism, specifically against actresses, and it's just kind of unfair. Uh, and yet she was able to make it work. She made her debut in, I believe, 1932 as a sex symbol at the age of 39. And she pulled it off brilliantly. And she was the, uh, she was like the sex symbol. Everyone knew that Clara Bow was the it girl. Forget it. She had those. It was uh, that was one of the lines that the New York Times wrote about her because uh, state class New York Times, uh, but she wrote her own lines. Her first movie, she walks in there and she's just like, "Hey boys, you know I'm going to do this movie." <laughs> they give her the script and she looks at it and she's like, "Oh, this is awful. I'm not going to say any of this." And they're just like, "What? You think you can do better?" She's like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Oh, okay. We don't actually care. Go ahead, rewind and say whatever you want." And her lines became classics. Uh, now, Alex, uh, 
most of her lines are, in fact, of the quip nature. So, uh, oh, good. This is, I see why she's a hero. Yeah. Of yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. Deadpool. I, <laughs> ah, I watched two comic book movies and also this other movie. I, with quips. I like. <laughs> Stay you, Chris. I like some quips. <laughs> I do. It's every once in a while I like a good quip movie. And she she pulled it off brilliant back then. It was uh, some of the It'd lines. Be really were... sick if somebody in the 1930s just spoiled Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Anyway, like, she had some lines, like, uh, it's, I'm, I'm not going to quote them. I know you guys don't like quips, but they were a lot of double entendres, you know, and she got famous on that. And you can't say that I'm most unorthodox. And uh, she got in trouble for that, but, uh, you know, controversy was sort of how she got her name. And she was really famous. They sent her back to jail for making a sex joke, yeah. <laughs> no, they, I don't think she got in prison for that. But again, controversy ensued. She didn't get a lot of her films banned because of... She, <laughs> She was talking about boobs. You can't do that. She was executed for saying rectum damn near killed <laughs> Anyway. Tissy, you hardly know you. Executed by firing squad in yeah. all of Hollyweird. Okay, so when you think about Mae West or the idea of Mae West, you can already sort of hear the voice in your head and like the stance. She's standing with uh, one hand with that long black cigarette sort of thing, one hand on her hips and doing that like that hip dance that the sorceress does at Suicide Squad. And uh, stop <laughs> the Suicide Squad. <laughs> and she's kind of talking like. Um, like uh, Poison Ivy and Batman and Robin, you know, like, hey, the fifth Batman movie you've referenced today. I'm sick of this. (laughs) Anyway, uh, years pass. Years turn into decades. It is now 1977. She is now 84 years old. Uh, Is she still doing the sex thing? Yes. So she's, she's like, oh, it, people don't remember my good movies. I'm going to make them remember. And I'm going to cast all my friends like Timothy Dalton and Ringo Starr. And, uh, all right, this sounds little, right? And, and Alice <laughs> Cooper and Dom DeLuise. And, uh, who was that drummer for The Who? Keith Richards? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's verbatim in a Bone Facts tweet. I, so. I, I, I stole it from that. Actually, it's, it's <laughs> Keith Moon is in the movie, too, in a cameo role. Uh, and it's called Sextet. It's a plate she wrote, so it's, you know, all for her. And, uh... It's all about, she plays Marlo, she plays herself, really, and she's on her sixth husband (gasps) in the 1970s. Wow, so scandalous, and they're going to have sex, because it's after their wedding. Gross. (gasps) No, you can't do that. Wow, this movie's way out there. So, uh, here's the worst part. She's still 84 years old. I don't want to hear her make sex jokes when he's 84 years old. And she's still doing the same voice, like... Weren't you just talking about sex or ageism in Hollywood? <laughs> yeah, but like that was this three is had a problem. I'm this old bitch is talking about her vagina, I'm fucking sick of it. Don't call her a bitch. Anyway, she's... Well, she, I mean, what's she gonna do about it? Look, I'm, I, I'm, when I talk about ageism in Hollywood, it, it's about not casting them in roles. Not about, like... Oh, I can't wait to quote Paul Revere. The British are coming. The British are coming. Thank you so much. Ooh, what a saucy now I'm thinking lady. about Betty White as Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. God, fucking me. I've been sick of Betty White. <laughs> 15 goddamn minutes. Oh, man. Yo, what if she was, was in like the jabroni. 1960s version of Lake Placid? Yep. Just feeding that crock. <laughs> uh, anyway, here's the thing. I don't 
really hate the movie. The worst part isn't the sex jokes, which are just like, they're too quippy oh, at this good. point. The worst part of the movie is tap dancing. No one likes tap dancing. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Here's a brief reprieve from this <laughs> old woman talking about her stash. Like, actually, it's a tap dancing movie. <laughs> it's too much tap dancing. No one likes tap dancing. Even tap There's dancing. one good tap dancing tap scene dancing. in movie history, and it is in Hail Caesar. Okay, that's fine. Huh, well, that was an incredible dance. My vagina. Sick. 89 more minutes. Oh, man. It is... Not good. Uh, actually, the the one who's really good is Dom DeLuise is actually pretty damn good in this movie. Uh, I like Dom DeLuise, though. So. You're saying it's not Ringo Starr? Damn. No, Ringo Starr, boy, he gives a performance in this movie. I'll tell you what. That is really, really bizarre. I, is it Gene Simmons-esque? Oh, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> yeah, I, was, exactly. I, I was about to say which Gene Simmons performance I've seen, too. There's only one more, buddy. <laughs> oh, good. Complete the trifecta. Uh, anyway, I, I don't hate the movie because it reminds me of how much I liked Mae West in her old movies. And is it a bad movie? Yes. Is it unwatchable? Yes. But I, I'm reminded... <laughs> I, I still come away with a positive take here. And we can compare this to another thing that's supposed to remind you of the original version. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I don't know why I did it. I really don't know why, but I decided, you know what, if I'm actually going to criticize this thing as I've already done before, I so thought I should probably actually watch the movie, you know? And maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's, like, really good. Unlike those cowards as criticizing it, Joe. As it turns out, <laughs> The Lion King really is that bad. This is, I'm not kidding when I say this is one of the worst movies ever made. I, I despise so much about what this movie is and what it chooses to be. It's like they missed every single point. Let's cast your minds back, 1994. Uh, the opening of the movie, The Circle of Life, Rafiki holds up the little lion cub. and it, it, He holds up right with the circle, and you feel your heart soaring. You're like, oh, the joy of animation. And it's like really dramatic and everything. And this one, Rafiki's just like, oh, let's hold up the lion cub. I gotta sit down. He's just sort of like sitting there, just like not even looking around, just sort of holding up the, the lion. And it's like, there's no drama. There's like no feeling whatsoever. That sets the tone. Uh, here's here's one of the worst parts of the movie. James Earl Jones. He should have just said no. Because if he says no, they probably don't make this movie because he can't recast Mufasa's voice. He is not acting in this movie. He is just saying his lines. If he's just going to do that, why don't you just like get his original lines and just be like, hey, could you sign these papers so we can use your original stuff? Thank you. Because... Remember the original movie says, "Is that a challenge?" And he like he, you could like hear a roar as he says it. In this he says, "Is that a challenge?" There's, <laughs> there's nothing. It sounds like John Wayne saying it. Uh, the other one is John Oliver, who's not funny. Correct. Never been funny, as far as I know. Mister Bean was better than the original. It's it, and everyone's already talked about how dead all the animals' faces look. Fucking, why is a hornbill going like this? How is it forming consonants? You need lips in order to form consonants. It's, it is just dreadful. Remember how Rafiki was... Asking like, a bird to have lips? Yes. Because I don't want to watch that movie either. <laughs> the, then don't watch the original Lion King because he was able to form consonants because he had a lower lip. They just drew it on there because otherwise it looks weird. Uh, the kid who plays young Simba is... He can't act. I'm not trying to turn this into a Jonathan Taylor Thomas defense hour. He can't act. <laughs> uh, 
Remember the song from the original, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Yeah, now it's Can You Feel the Love at 3 o'clock in the afternoon because the sun is shining even though it says tonight in the song title. <laughs> at one point, Beyonce just starts roaring her song at you and I don't know why. It has nothing to do with anything that's going on. Slay Queen. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have to slay Queen. Um, the hyenas aren't funny anymore. None of the characters are funny anymore. Timon and Pumbaa are, I guess, okay. I... This movie should never have been made. Everyone who was involved with it ought to be ashamed of themselves for participating. And it represents everything that I hate about Hollywood. And I had to clean it up by watching The Faculty. Uh, which... Oh my god. Alex, you so mentioned... Funny. When we were talking about Robert Patrick and Double Dragon, you are just... I was like, this might be a, a top five uh, Robert Patrick performance. And you're like, you have to include The Faculty in there. I'm like, oh, I've never seen that. And you, I think you said it was a future episode. I'm like, okay, I'll keep that in mind. And then the other Alex came by, and she's just like, how have you not seen The Faculty? She, she tore me away so from something else that I was going to do. She's like, well, no, we have to go home and watch The Faculty right now. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all right, we'll go watch The Faculty. Folks at home, if you're listening, don't be too mad. I cannot give away the surprising twist of The Faculty, which occurs in the first 20 minutes. Uh I love this movie so much. Parker, you were correct on Letterboxd. This is one of the most 90s casts of all time. It's so aggressive. It is so I bizarre and shocking heart. to me that Seth Green is not in this movie. He must have been busy that week. I don't know yeah, what he was doing. I, I was, Maybe he was filming Austin Powers. I, I demanded know. that for the ending credits that uh, we stick through for the post credit scene where Seth Green walks into the gymnasium after all the bloodshed and be like, Oh, what happened here? <laughs> he was filming idle hands when this was going on that's probably what happened uh, a lot of actors I'll never remember but also they'll have John Stewart who as it turns out is somehow shorter than Elijah Wood uh, Josh Hartnett and uh, according to Alex she had a huge crush on Josh Hartnett in this movie and I'm like with that hair holy shit hell yeah dude <laughs> 1998 was a beautiful time he in had, country he had an incredible car in that movie holy shit uh, Salma Hayek, who's been in a couple other movies, I guess. Uh, Famke Janssen, who is also in the movie. Um, Playing a character. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Her character arc is Oh, that's impressive. a lot. Yeah, and at the end, she's just sitting there in the bleachers. Uh, Usher is also oh, in the movie. Oh, I'm just kind of weird and meek. You gonna fuck me or what, kid? Like, oh shit, what? Yeah. She is okay. very calm in the back of that car. She's trying to, like... I can't give it away. Damn. Uh, Usher's in the movie for about five minutes. Uh, he's real good. The fucking nerve of this movie to have Elijah Wood and Jordana Brewster end up together. <laughs> fuck right off. That too was... <laughs> can't believe was we so got through funny. all this. Well, I guess we're an item now. Like, nah. He's going right back in that locker that day. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> so we could talk about the scene where Elijah Wood is getting his nuts slammed against the pole. That's his introduction. This <laughs> is getting his nuts rammed into a flagpole. <laughs> Our hero, ladies and germs. Oh, God. And uh, again, I walk in there, and uh, the first thing I think is it's just like, yep, that's public school for you. And like... This is the most Kevin Williamson movie I've ever seen. This is one of the ones where Harvey Weinstein and Bob Weinstein, this movie is canceled. Uh, saw Scream and there was a big hit. They're like, yeah, was, what other scripts does he have? He's like, uh, I've been working on this uh, sort of script for this other thing. And he was like, is it set in high school? Yeah, do it. 
And uh, it is, that's one of those things about Kevin Williamson's scripts is he somehow just nails the high school experience and completely biffs the high school experience. <laughs> so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> like the second you see this cast and then hear the offsprings of kids aren't all right, it's an immediate five stars. Oh, there's so many pop hook covers of classic it's songs. So the cover of good. Changes, the cover of Another Brick in the Wall Part 2 by it's Class so... of 99. <laughs> But let's. And Piper Laurie's also in this too. Uh, I thought she was a big bad, but uh, she's not. Let's get on to the most important part of this movie: Robert Patrick. Holy shit! <laughs> Have you ever seen that much intensity brought to the role of football coach? <laughs> he was intense in that movie before some other stuff happens. He's like throwing over the bench and stuff like that because they're not throwing blocks. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> he they that's the thing is this movie came out like seven years after uh terminator 2 and they still have to include every shot possible where he's running <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you guys have a favorite scene of the faculty but very easily my favorite scene of the faculty is where football coach uh robert patrick is just standing out in the field surrounded by sprinklers just all of them spraying on him as he <laughs> yes. gives a death stare into the window <laughs> That's the correct answer. <laughs> I saw that. I was shriek laughing. It's so fucking funny. I, the other scene I really liked was when he's he gets like uh, some water from the water jug over there, and he's kind of gulping it down, and they sort of play up his gulps. And I think it's John Stewart who looks at him and says, "Damn, look at that coach. He must be thirsty." <laughs> he's like has one like little paper cup of water. <laughs> <laughs> what if the audience doesn't understand that he's drinking too much water there, there was a there was a really good subtle joke uh where uh, they were like oh we really need uh some more money so we can put on a production of guys and dolls and to which the uh person in charge of the budget says oh just reuse the set from our town <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's a good one that's a i was surprised by how much i liked it <laughs> uh Anyway, here's I'll, I'll give you guys a little sneak peek of how much of a twist this is. I want you guys to go in completely blind, but no one usually goes into a movie as blind as I was for this one. I was not expecting the director to be Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> I don't know how. I it's I, the most I, it's the most Robert Rodriguez ass movie I've ever seen, and I've seen several. The of reason them. was that it came out in 1998. I didn't know he was directing then. I thought there was no way. I was just like, wait, was this his directorial debut? I don't know what his director would be is, but I don't feel like looking it up. Uh, so, I, yes, I loved the faculty. This is going to be on heavy repeat. This is almost certainly a future episode that we will have to mark with spoilers. People, please watch the faculty. Uh, only two more to get through, I promise. Uh, next one is Taste of Fear, a.k.a. Scream of Fear, a black and white British movie from the 60s. That's actually really good. Uh, it's got a pretty good twist. It's it, it, it talks about physical disabilities in, in a way that's kind of interesting as it ties to fear and the limits of the of the genre as well. Uh, Parker, I think you would really like it. And it's on the list, so you should get oh. to it. Anyway, then I, then I watched At the Alamo just last night a movie that should absolutely be revisited, Beetlejuice. That movie might be perfect. I don't know if the, I have a single criticism besides the effects are a little bit dated right now. 
everything works in that movie. Michael Keaton is so fucking funny. Gina Davis is hilarious and also gorgeous. Uh, Alec Baldwin is also gorgeous. Catherine, uh, 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 no, it's a Catherine Cara, Cara, whatever it is, O'Hara. Her, she's really good. Glenn Shaddix as Otto is so funny in that movie. When they say, woogity, woogity, woogity. When they, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, <laughs> when they say, Otto, can you do anything? And he responds, if properly motivated, I, I'm going to be using that in the future. Uh, even, uh, who's, a, who's a girl who plays Lydia? She went on to be in Stranger Things. Winona Ryder? Yeah, Winona Ryder. I, I don't know why I blanked on her name. Even she's pretty good in this. Stole that idea right out of your head, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's she is uh, good at this. Everyone is good at this. Danny Elfman's score is iconic. Bo Welch does such a good job as production design. Perker, you know Bo Welch, right? Uh, not by name. Oh, you should, because sure he's, he's the one who directed Cat in the Hat. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I not only do I think this is a top is made of human fucking yeah. hair. <laughs> now, Alex, we like hot takes here, so I'm going to give you a really spicy meatball of a take. Yeah, I think Beetlejuice is Tim Burton's best movie. I, maybe it's because I just saw it recently. I love it. I think I like this more than Big Fish, although I have to rewatch Big Fish. I just don't feel like crying right now. It's funny that you didn't mention one Jeffrey Jones in describing the good cast of that Good point, movie. I forgot. That was a strange omission. That's a good point. The patron saint of Real Deal No Sex Appeal, Jeffrey Jones is in it. This is very easily, not just his best movie, obviously, but maybe his best performance. It's certainly better than his performance in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He is really, really funny in this movie. Uh, so yeah, good actor, better person. And as it turns out, that scene where they're all singing the Banana Boat song, Deo, that was his idea. So you don't get one of the best scenes in this movie without Jeffrey Jones. So what I'm saying is society uncancel him. Uh, Alex, what did you watch? <laughs> <laughs> that was his idea. He's had a lot of ideas. You know, some more profitable than others. <laughs> profitable? All right. <laughs> profitable. He has had many iconic ideas. A true voice of a generation. <laughs> oh, geez. And these children that you spit on. Actually, I did make a one bad joke in the in the theater uh, when he he plays Lydia's father. So Winona Ryder, I think she's like sixteen in this movie or something like that. And he uh, he hugs her and kisses her on the forehead. And I made a joke Aww. to Alex. I was like, "Isn't she a little old for him?" You hate yeah, to see it. Yeah. All right. Again, Alex, what did you I watch? Mean, uh, when it's when it's right there in front. Of yeah, you. Exactly. I mean, you, you it's a criminal to. not to take it. You have to take that layup every time. I think Jeffrey Jones actually said that about the... God damn it. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> anyway. Alright, so... I don't know if you guys listening know this about me, but I don't really follow any sort of, like, other, you know, movie podcast or review sites and stuff. Like, so a lot of times, like, when I'm just delving through imdb and i find something it's like a real discovery to me like like when i stumbled across something like never too young to die like that is a movie that i had no idea that existed until i was just randomly clicking around imdb oh god bless yeah like like i i, I make it a point not not really for the sake of the podcast but just like as a point of personal principle like i like discovering stuff it's cool mm -hmm. so i discovered something a couple weeks ago and, like, I immediately asked all of the people in my life that I thought might be interested in it if they'd ever heard of it. And everybody's like, no, dude, I've never heard of this. So let me, let me, uh, 
let me line this up for you. Have you guys ever heard of a show called Comrade Detective? No. No. Okay, so this came out in 2017 on Amazon Prime, which is, like, shocking to not hear of an Amazon Prime show because they just beat you over the head with all of them. Mm-hmm. So the premise of this is is it's set up like, like they do this, like, interview beforehand with, like, the, the creator and stuff. He's like, hey, you know, remember back in the 80s when, you know, we had all of these, like, like hyper-masculine, hyper-American, like, borderline propaganda things like Rocky and Miami Vice and all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, we just unearthed this thing that's basically the same thing, but from the Soviet Union. And what it is, is they, they film this show in Romania with all Romanian actors who are all in on the joke. It's not, like, exploitative right. or anything. And it's just Eastern Bloc Miami Vice. <laughs> oh dubbed over in English. It is, it, like, first, 10 out of 10 pre- uh, premise. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm, like, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, how the fuck have I never heard of this? This is, like, extremely up my alley. It's, like, six 40-minute episodes. And, oh, by the way, the, uh, the two main detectives are voiced by Channing Tatum and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> All right, adding this to my queue. The there's a there's a crazy preacher that's voiced by Daniel Craig. Jason Matsuzakis is in it and not ruining it, which is Whoa, you know, hey. a big step for him. It's different. Um, so like, I put this on. Like, I find out about this. I'm like, the the reason I mu- I haven't heard about this must be because it sucks or something. Because there's no way that something that is just so form built to me, like th- it has to be bad, or I would have heard about it. So I put it on. We're like a minute and a half in. The two detectives are sitting in their car driving to the crime scene or whatever. <laughs> the one guy, the one guy says something like, uh, "Oh, what? Did you have another date last night or something?" Like they're doing the back and forth like that. Yeah. The dude's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Damn, you know what is it? Like, why do you why do you keep fucking all these women and stuff?" And he goes, "Well, what's that thing Mark says? From each according to his own ability." So already we're <laughs> off to an incredibly great start. <laughs> we get the uh, um. In the first episode, we get the classic scene where, you know, they go to, like, the underground, like, nightclub slash casino. Oh, so they walk in, and you hear, you are an obsession. <laughs> You're my obsession. <laughs> but it's in the Eastern Block, so it's a polka band. <laughs> he walks up to the, 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 um, the roulette table, trying to get the attention of the big boss of the underground casino. Makes a bet, instantly wins. Guy walks over to him, goes... Wow, you're a real natural at this. What's your secret? He turns into the camera and says, It's simple. I always bet on red. <laughs> <laughs> so I am I am just unbelievably in. There's a scene where uh um like the one of the episodes starts with like somebody trying to cross the border and like the the these two like podunk border patrol guys trying to do like a like just like investigate the guy's car. They go up to the car, they're trying to listen to gymnastics on the radio the guy's like the radio in the car doesn't work the border guard gets this shocked look on his face and goes what your radio doesn't work but that's a dacia the best car on planet earth <laughs> like just like the 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 little spots they pick to uh just insert like the the extra whammy of propaganda shit it's <laughs> fucking fantastic it sounds this real is good. a solid nine and a half out of ten i will say i have to dock at half a point because the following exchange happens in episode five. They say in America, there's a man who builds skyscrapers. And when he's done building his skyscrapers, oh. he puts his name in big gold letters at the top. <sighs> Sounds like an asshole. 
Got him. If it wasn't for that, this Canceled. would be eleven out of ten comfortably. It is good luck coming so back from that, buddy. Good. When you load it up, when you load it up on Prime and you see episode one, the Invisible Hand, you're like, oh fuck, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Thank God. Because like the physical comedy in this is so so good. Because again, like the entire Romanian cast is in on the joke, so like they're able to work with what's going to be overdubbed in the scenes. It is. Just so 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 fucking good. There's a there's a flashback scene where uh, one of the characters when he's younger goes to America, like, and they're told specifically, like, don't leave the hotel. This is a dangerous place. You can't go outside. So naturally, because they're like teenagers, they leave the hotel. The entire hotel is full of like men in like top hats and like suits suits with tails, just counting their money, and also women that are trying to be paid for sex. They walk out into the street, and there's the dude running up and down, like, Fifth Avenue, just screaming, My AIDS! My contagious AIDS! <laughs> it is so good. <laughs> I cannot stress enough how badly people need to watch this show. I am so happy I found out it exists. I, I, I watched this almost immediately after recording three weeks ago, and I have been so excited to talk about it. Like, it is so, 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 so good. It is almost on the level of Neo Yokio for me, and that is the highest praise that I can give Ooh. anything. Oh man, that's just not come lightly. Yeah, and it's like four hours total. Like you should make time for it. It's real fucking good. All right, so Parker, have you ever seen a movie called The Skulls? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that just dislodged something from twenty years ago. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, so okay. let me give let me give you the setup. So, big couple months on this podcast for one Dawson's Creek's Joshua Jackson. <laughs> a real resurgence for him here. He is uh he is going to I believe it's Harvard, some fucking bougie Ivy League school, and you know he's like the overachiever who can't really afford to be there, so he's just working all sorts of odd jobs and stuff, trying to find his way through. He finds out that uh if he if he joins this secret elite, you know, underground organization called the Skulls, then uh, they'll be able to help him pay for law school and stuff, and he won't have problems anymore. So, you know, he goes for it. Like, they, they take him in. He gets partnered up with uh, a circa 2000 Paul Walker, <laughs> who is playing the rich, snobby douchebag. Um, long story short, uh, Joshua Jackson's friend is, like, this investigative journalist or, like, wants to be one because he's in school but like steals paul walker's key breaks into the skull headquarters mysteriously dies and is found hanging in his room by our good friend joshua jackson which sets the plot in motion where he's just like nah man you guys killed my friend i don't know if i can be a part of this and like back and forth and he's like trying to expose the conspiracy and all this shit let me get to the good parts of this movie because <laughs> there is certainly a lot number one Paul Walker's character has about eight scenes where he's just shirtless shadowboxing, which is All right. a feel. Added to Q. There is, unfortunately, no pop punk. <gasps> However, uh -oh. there is a scene where they're at, like, the first introductory party at, like, the Skulls, like, headquarters. And, like, it's all these, like, rich dudes in suits just hanging out, like, giving all the new people money. And they're like, this is the best thing ever. Like, how could it get any better? And then a bunch of women who are presumed to be high-class escorts walk into the room. And the song playing is, Can you take me <laughs> higher? 
fuck me. <laughs> it, I did not know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. There's there's a scene where uh, after after his friend is found hanging in his room that like the the like bulldog cop is like trying to trying to get to Joshua Jackson and interrogate him. However, he's stopped by the timely uh, the timely interference of the just introduced school administrator Shooter McGavin. <laughs> Whisks him away. We find out that Shooter McGavin is basically like the skull's like muscle slash henchman. So every scene in which there's a chase or a shootout or anything, it's just Shooter McGavin chasing people with a gun or like like arm barring people. It's something I wasn't expecting. Forty minutes into this movie, because this movie is. It's played fairly straight for about, like, an hour 15. And then the last 30 minutes go absolutely off the rails, culminating in Joshua Jackson challenging Paul Walker to a duel with pistols. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> I, the look on my face when he, like, because his, like, mentor guy, who is the CSI guy, whose name I don't know, like the guy, like the guy that was like on the main CSI for like fourteen years is the main dude. He's like the one who's like trying to undermine the skulls for his own personal gain. So he's just feeding Joshua Jackson like information. Like, oh, if you want to fuck with him, you should do this. And he's like, uh, just uh, the the secret is in your rule book, man. So like he opens up his rule book and he finds a passage about dueling <laughs> and uses it to challenge him to a duel for honor. It is, it's not good. But it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I have not thought of that movie in a very, very, very long time. As I was watching the climax, I realized I think I've seen this before, but it was all buried. So I'm glad I got that out of the movie that Paul Walker made in between Joyride and The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> it's a real powerful Man. time in his life. That's a triple feature if I've ever heard one. Oh, yeah. So, at Chris's behest, I watched a movie called Urban Sasquatch. Oh, here we go. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Appreciate it. it sounds as though you somehow, didn't it. Somehow, this is probably the lowest budget Sasquatch movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and also, it has Sasquatch do a rape. Oh. So, really, I understand why Chris likes it. Wow, but... very, very funny. Uh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, well, it does. I mean, mercifully, you don't see anything. Not because they didn't want to show it, but because they don't have the budget for that shit. Because, like, it's it's the kind of movie where, like, Sasquatch drags somebody off, but, like, it only shows the person's feet as they're, like, clearly trying to kick themselves out of frame because they couldn't even get another person to drag them away from the camera. It's... It's something. Thanks, buddy. I, you know, I was really I under the really impression that this it. would be one of those really funny low-budget movies. And it had Sasquatch. You like Sasquatch. I, I like Sasquatch. <laughs> now, now you're more of a Yeti guy. <laughs> Next week's episode, Abominable. No rapes, we think. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I'm so in for that. That should be a tag that we use on SoundCloud. <laughs> just, you know, just to make sure. <laughs> Podcast, movies, no rape. We think. Sasquatch. <laughs> All right, so you guys are familiar with a movie called Drop Zone, right? No, I don't think I am. No. Okay, well, there's two things you need to know about Drop Zone, which is not the movie I'm going to talk about. Oh. Number one, Drop Zone is, a, is what would happen if somebody watched the, uh, the skydiving scene from Point Break and was like, you know what? We should make an entire two-hour hour movie out of this. Mm -hmm. And number two, Drop Zone stars Wesley Snipes as the good guy and Gary Busey as the bad guy. 
So what I'm saying is Drop Zone is incredible, and it's probably something we should be doing in the future. Okay, okay. we'll keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Carry yeah. Yeah. But that is bad. not why I bring this up. Oh. Now, some people might say that Drop Zone is the Armageddon of skydiving movies released in 1994. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> it's the Armageddon of skydiving movies released in 1994. Then a movie called Terminal Velocity is definitely the deep impact. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Terminal Velocity... My comparison... <laughs> Terminal Velocity stars one Charles Sheen as a maverick skydiving instructor who opens the movie by parachuting into a class of middle schoolers and flashing because <laughs> he thought it was a bachelorette party. <laughs> so we're off to just a, an absolute banger of a start already. He, he takes this girl up in his plane because she's like, you know, hey, I want to I wanna go skydiving. I want to see what this is like. And he's like, hey, I want to fuck this girl who wants to jump out of my plane. Let's do it. So they go up. He turns around to say something to the pilot, turns back around, and she's just gone. She's just falling to her death. So he jumps out after her, tries to save her, can't do it. So she dies, or so everyone thinks. You know, their, their flight school shut down. There's a huge investigation. They think this and that. Turns out she's actually hiding from the Russian mob. <laughs> and used this opportunity to fake her own death and then roped Charlie Sheen into her scheme to cover it up. I should mention at this point that the Russian mobster is played by one Shooter McGavin. <laughs> he just keeps showing up. <laughs> His accomplice in Russian mob bad things is a very young James Gandolfini. You know, two people that you just associate with Russia. Just part of them. <laughs> this movie is certainly something. Because it's got all of, you know, the classic, you know, like, late 90s, or late 80s, early 90s scenes, like, where Charlie Sheen has the nice car, and they're hiding behind it in a shootout, and he's just yelling, like, for them to not blow up his car, and then his car blows up. You know, all the things you expect from this kind of movie. And it is solidly entertaining. Like, this is maybe the first movie in a while that I couldn't find on torrent sites and had to actually pay for. Oh, good. That's a good sign. It was. It was very. Uh, so that's. This is the second time you've mentioned Shooter McGavin so far, right? Yes. Please, can I make it a third? I forgot to mention. I was so happy. I almost jumped out of my bed when I saw that he was in uh, uh, the, the faculty. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? right he's so he's actually really good at that what do you think he's so just tearing up his loser kid's bedroom he, trying to find his drugs yeah, and, he, and he takes uh he takes elijah wood's porno and his, the porno is a magazine that's just called boob <laughs> singular yes. i want to watch the faculty so bad right now you guys <laughs> just fucking shooter mcgavin bleached blonde as fuck playing a KGB agent. Oh my god. Just did something to me. Like his opening in the movie is him sticking some girl's head in the fish tank, and I'm like, I have no idea who he's supposed to be or what this movie is, but I'm here for it. It is very good. So worth now, the rental then. I, I I do not regret my three ninety nine. Fair. Now Parker talked about a movie last episode called One Cut of the Dead, which I watched. 
It is fucking fantastic, you, and I don't want to say yeah, thank you because I, I I've been meaning to get to it, but I'm having a little bit of trouble getting it to work on my TV, so I might just. Pay it's for the it. only response is it's so good. Oh, what's it about? Nope. Okay, I yeah. I'm trying to get to. It. I'm going to try to get to it like this week. And like, it's not even like a twist. It's not like we're afraid of spoiling a twist. It's just the movie experience is so much more pure if you don't know what's coming. Okay. It's the kind of movie where I was very confused for like an hour, and then when it all came together, I was like, oh, that's actually yeah. really slick. I like, love that. Like the whole, yeah. It's, I, I, I don't want to say anything. Yeah, we can talk about this off mic. When it comes together, oh my god. It's so I, just, I, I, I just, I want to endorse Parker's recommendation of this movie, because it is fantastic and one of my favorite things I've seen this year. Speaking of things that I've seen at other people's recommendations, about eight months ago, Chris assigned me The Wailing. And I said I was going to put it off until I was in the right mood for it. Well, it's October, so I was in the mood for it. Oh my god, I forgot about that. (laughs) I did not. Don't worry. Uh, The whaling's real fucking Yeah, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) I was nervous there. You were quiet for a bit. I was just like, and here's the problem with the whaling. (laughs) No, I was going to let you know for a second. I got to tell you, I, I definitely like the whaling. I'm glad you enjoyed it, too. I I didn't know where it was going for most of the time, yeah. and I'm glad that I stuck it out. Not that I was ever not going to stick it out, because like, I was really into the atmosphere, mm-hmm. but... Boy, what a satisfying movie. It, like, it really is, I, yeah. it's a It's a weird... I feel like it's a weird way to describe that movie, given like the subject matter of how it ends, but like... It's a movie where I feel like, despite being three hours long like there wasn't many wasted scenes i i agree uh it's it's one of those things where i i didn't really want it to end i was like we could go a little bit longer yeah go ahead stretch it out to three hours and i don't usually say that in a movie it's it's a good feeling when you're watching a movie like oh i hope it doesn't end here i hope there's a little bit more yeah for sure and it's it's really nice and it kind of feels like traditional korean folklore you know i just remember watching it be like what does this scene have to do with anything? What is this? And then at the end, they're like, oh, okay, so five stars, got it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really rewards paying attention, and it's hard to not pay attention when you have to read the movie. So congrats <laughs> to Foreign Cinema for preventing all of us from being on a second device while we're watching your movies. Yep. <laughs> Last but not least, I watched one more thing. So, bit of backstory here. Last Wednesday... Like, last Wednesday morning, I got a text from a couple friends. They were like, hey, we're going to see this, like, weird horror movie at this, like, tiny bar that shows movies. Like, do you want to come with us? And I'm like, yes, more than anything, but I'm busy tonight. They're like, oh, no, it's cool, it's cool. Like, we'll do it another time. So they go off, they do their thing. I'm curious about, like, what they're seeing. So I look it up, and they're seeing a movie called Wolfen from 1981. It's a werewolf movie. I go on, like, the website of this bar to, like, read about, you know, like, like what's their pitch to try to get people to come to this. And it's, like, a couple paragraphs about, like, leftist ideology and stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, this is just bait, right? Like, they're just they're just doing this to try to trick, like, woke DC residents to come see the shitty weird movie, right, right? right? So I'm like, at, at this point, it's, like, bouncing around in my brain. I'm like, I should, like, look up a review and see what it says. So I Google it. This is, I will give you the first paragraph of the first review that I found. Wolfen stars Albert Finney as Dewey. A grizzled New York City detective assigned to figure out why a rich developer gentrifying the Bronx got mutilated and spread over an acre of Battery Park. Set at the turn of the 1980s, it was the first movie with a clear vision of what should be done with Donald Trump. (laughs) So at this point... 
So you hit download. <laughs> At this point, I can't not. Like, <laughs> so here's the thing about Wolf. Wolf it is simultaneously one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen, and also really good. <laughs> like, so to address the part I just talked about. <laughs> This movie is, like, ideologically ham-fisted. It's by a director who was, like, active in leftist social movements and only ever made this as, like, a fictional movie. And so, like, it's pretty clear why. Like, it's clear that he wanted it to be that movie. And, like, that's cool. It's a little over the top, but in the way that all 80s movies are over the top. So it's hard for me to, like, view it through, like, you know, 2019 goggles and be like, oh, you could have been more subtle about this. This episode of Chapo Trap House is brought to you by (laughs) Beyond Like, there are so many choices that are interesting and so many choices that are just like, what the fuck are you doing? We get, like, the predecessor to Predator Vision because there's POV werewolf shots that are just, like, the colors are inverted (laughs) and you can tell that it's daylight. (laughs) You can tell that, like, the scenes are supposed to be at night, but it's just daylight with inverted colors. You can see shadows and shit. It's fantastic. Questionable. But to this movie's credit, they don't do any transitions. It's just, like, humans... And then it's wolves, like real wolves. And there's no like shitty costumes or CGI. And it's really effective. Like aesthetically, it's very similar to Escape from New York. Ooh, in oh, terms that, of, like, that buys me in actually. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, one of those like 80s, like bombed out. New I, York I movies. really like those. I really do. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Like, cause, cause like, it's weird because it's, it's like a, it's a werewolf movie, but it's shot like a police procedural. So, like, they find out the werewolves are, like, living in this abandoned church, and they just, like, show up with, like, their police surveillance equipment to watch werewolves. Oh, my God. Like, I, it, it's, there's, there's a solid, like, like, okay. So, this isn't spoiling much, but, like, the the entire thing is, like, about how like, the wolves are kindred spirits with the Indians and how, like, you know, the white people killed all the wolves and drove them out. And, like, actually, in their eyes, you're the savages. Direct quote from the movie. But, um, <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of that. Uh, the, uh, the, the titular, like, Indian werewolf guy is played by a young Edward James Olmos. The first scene we get of him, like, interacting with other characters is, like, this really tense, beautifully shot, like, confrontation on top of a bridge with the main character. And then the next scene we see him, he is just running around on the beach on all fours, hanging dong for two minutes. (laughs) So, it's a bit all over the place. But, like, I think this movie's worth watching, because I feel like I could talk about this movie for another 20 minutes. Like... Can you, Ooh, can you just Tom summar- Noonan, huh? can you just summarize? Can oh yeah, can you just summarize Tom like Noonan with hair? Right? Just oh, just God. tell me, Orange Man, good or? Well, I I don't I don't think this movie thinks very highly of the Orange Man. Oh, uh, but... I don't know if we're gonna watch it. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Tom Noonan because there's definitely a scene, like 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 again this like. It's all these scenes with like real wolves like hunting people down and like the the like the the wolf kills actually don't look bad for the most part. But then there's another scene where Tom Noonan who's like this uh he like works at the zoo and is like inv- helping them investigate like what's causing all these weird attacks is like riding his bike through the park at night and gets knocked off his bike by a werewolf throwing a trash can. So <laughs> I just I'm not sure this movie knows what it wants to be. <laughs> I need to rewatch like... Manhunter. <laughs> And also, yeah. 
it's it's such a strong recommend because I've never seen a movie like this. Like, like you and you can tell that it's like one guy is like one movie. You know what I mean? Like all of his ideas are just out there, and because of that, it's like two hours long, which is fucking sacrilege for a werewolf movie. But it's just it's wild because like this movie is like clearly trying to be like woke about politics and like how how like we fucked over the Indians and stuff. But then like the big confrontation scene that is in like every mob movie where the cop goes to like the mobster bar, that's in this movie. Except it's a bar full of Indians called the Wigwam. So, like, <laughs> what do you want me to fucking think, movie? <laughs> Wait, wasn't that the hotel from fucking Cold Pursuit? Probably, dude. I would bet my fucking life on it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> the wigwam. I just, like... It's supposed to be, like, this tense scene where, like, the, the main character learns all of this shit about, you know, like, the nature of, like, man and beast and how, like, we fucked up the environment and like basically reveals the motivation of the werewolves but also it's in a bar called the wigwam like what, what the fuck do you want me to do with this movie i i have to admit you have sold me on uh wolfen i, I might be downloading chris this. chris th- this is this is a movie that I, I don't know if you'd if you'd like the movie but you would enjoy watching it that's like, all I it mean. is it's extremely ham-fisted at times, to the point of, like, being a detriment to itself. But also, it has things to say, and some of those things are correct. So, like, I don't know. You figured it out. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking sucks. <laughs> anyway, Parker, what did you watch? Oh, my God. There's so much. <laughs> All right, I'll briefly run through a couple of these that I rewatched. So, I watched oh, Scream t- take again. Your time, ki- take yeah. your time, King. <laughs> I mean, Scream, we did a whole episode yeah. on. Oh, Spoilers. Yeah. So fucking good. Yeah. Opening's still, like, one of the best openings. Full stop. That whole sequence, was it, like, 15 minutes or so? Fucking untouchable. It's so good. The fact that Wes Craven, like, his career had just turned to nothing. It's like, oh, by the way, I can still do this. Just so <laughs> you know. It's pretty impressive. I will probably watch that every year. Maybe not so much the sequels. Scream three fucks, dude. I mean, it's not good, but I. I How can watch long that has any it been? Day How long has it been? <laughs> like a year. <laughs> okay. Come on, who do you think you're talking to here? Fair. Speaking of Jay and Silent Bob. Oh no! <laughs> You'd never like to hear a, a sentence begin that way. <sighs> Chris might be getting a sign. No. <clears throat> so I've been keeping up with the Creep Show series on Shutter. This is going to sound like an insult, but it is 100% a compliment. It's kind of just grown-up goosebumps, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. I might have to watch this. It does not try to be scary. It's pulpy and pretty silly. The second episode, the first segment, is Nazi Jeffrey Combs and also a bunch of werewolves. (laughs) It is inundated by werewolves. Real good. I mean... It's werewolves with Nazis. Like, what do you want? From how that? would how would you compare it to Tales from the Crypt? Very heavily leaning into that vibe. Oh. There's like there's a little skeleton host. He doesn't talk though oh. because obviously everyone would just think Crypt Keeper, yeah. which I get. Like all of the intros and stuff are done like old EC comics. It's very very heavily leaning into that vibe, which is something I could eat up. I could eat that slop forever. I definitely like that. Each episode is two segments. They're like 20 minutes each. Each segment it's flies by. The second episode also had a segment with 
early 2000s teen movie favorite DJ Qualls, who is still alive <laughs> making things, which was surprising. Yeah. But yeah, that show fucks, definitely. It's quite good. Now that I got Shudder again for October, I should uh, probably get on that. Absolutely. Yeah. I love Shudder so much. Like, I felt like I exhausted the library, but now there's stuff I want to watch Ooh. again, so we're so back. Good. For only five months, God bless. Or five dollars. I'm tired. It's already three o'clock. So here's the thing about House on Haunted Hill 1999. Oh, God. I've, I know I've talked about this before on here, and I know I said the exact same thing, but I'm going to repeat it. The first ten minutes of this movie being Jeffrey Rice doing a Vince, Jeffrey Rush doing a Vincent Price impression with the little pencil mustache and everything, debuting his spooky, scary roller coaster... And then cutting to him sending out birthday invitations with Marilyn Manson's cover of Sweet Dreams <laughs> is one of the funniest sequences I've ever seen in my life. Incredible. That movie is so powerfully 1999. It's so good. And in the last 10 minutes, it's just the worst CGI ghost abomination. It is 1999 in all ways. It's just like, oh, fuck, Chris Kattan's in this movie. Remember <laughs> Allie Larder? No, you don't. Jesus. Speaking of Fomke Jensen, just fucking step on me, please. Oh, yes. It is a real time capsule of a movie. I wish I'd put it on earlier today, because I would have put on 13 Ghosts immediately afterwards, but I ran out of time. That Scooby-Doo movie? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So... I rewatched the original Dawn of the Dead, because it did not click with me the first time I watched mm-hmm. it. So this time I watched the European cut, which is, like, maybe ten minutes shorter, and also all of the soundtrack is Goblin, because Dario Argento produced it. <laughs> I really dug it this time. I, okay, I might I, be, maybe I'll revisit it and I'll watch that version. Because I, I think, because I've only <laughs> seen it once before, and seeing a lifetime of zombie movies and then going to that, it's it's an adjustment. It's very much not what I've seen my whole life. Is it life. still in English? It's quite good. Right, yes. Good. You look at it, it's like, oh, it's mostly just cut out the silly stuff. So, like, any moments of levity is like, nah, fuck that, get that out of there. So it's like a smidge over two hours instead of almost 2.15, which, look, once you hit two hours in a zombie movie, every minute counts, because goddamn. But I was happy, because it just, it did not click with me the first time at all. I mostly found it boring, to be honest, but it really worked for me. Now, Chris, this is where I turn to you. Uh-oh. You're a Christian, man. Yes. You want to explain The Exorcist 2 to me? Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> My dad ended up calling it one of the funniest movies he had ever seen. Uh, I I love a lot of things about The Exorcist 2. First of all, uh, you guys ever see Inception? <laughs> and maybe they stole <laughs> from this movie. <laughs> uh, Parker, what, I mean, the scariest names for a demon you've ever heard in your life. I mean, when you're like five years old, a couple of stupid names like Hellspawn or Death Killer or something like that. A real scary name would be Pazuzu. That's literally worse than Captain Howdy. How do you fuck it up that bad? They say it over and over and over again. It sucks. <laughs> that woman bursts into flames at the beginning of the movie. Her fucking bizarro <laughs> face there. <laughs> I shall spit out a leopard. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of James Earl Jones. Oh boy. What? <laughs> was this? What is this? Was movie? this movie before Star Wars? I think it was. 
I, I uh, think I think so. Uh, there is one thing about this movie that I find one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's when Reagan uh, is out on the building, right, and she's up near the ledge. That's actually that's a real person on a real edge of a building because they didn't want to like use a green screen or a special effect or anything. It's like Why? That's a real person. They almost died. Movies aren't real, you fucking Why idiots. did they fucking do that? I hate it. Um, I, I think one of the other ones uh, that I like about it is... He's, is that the movie where he spits the tomato onto one of the spikes? It sure ones? is. <laughs> he says you can spit like a leopard or a locust or something and just spits Boop. a tomato on the spike. <laughs> Boop. Like fucking Birdo. He just spits out a giant tomato. Yeah, okay, so here's one of the things about that movie that I just cannot stand. Y'all like locusts? Because <laughs> of the Bible? You want to hear an annoying buzzing sound for an hour and 45 minutes? They just minutes? keep coming back. They just, they won't leave the movie. So many close-ups of them. It's it's thematic, Chris. Yeah. You don't get it. Yeah, this is why I won't watch any of the Exorcist sequels. There's no way I'd ever want to see an Exorcist sequel. They're all bad. <laughs> I've heard Exorcist it's 3 funny. is very good. I actually want to it's see it. It's funny you mention that, Chris, because I also watched The Exorcist 3. I, I, I really <laughs> want to see that. Oh, man. I like it more than the first one. I bet. Yeah. I really, really, really liked it a lot. All the performances are great. It's it's mostly like a fucking murder mystery, but also there's sort of a demon involved. Because people keep turning up brutally, brutally murdered, but all like have the signs that were used by someone called the Gemini Killer who was executed like 15 years ago and there's like clues being left in ways that weren't released to the public and then you find out you know well, maybe some demons movie. weren't happy <laughs> about what father Karras did with reagan and you know it's it's so fucking good yeah. i absolutely you love know, speaking it. of series where uh a horror series where only the first and the third are any good uh, I mentioned to Josh that I'm going to be seeing Halloween 3, Season of the Witch at the Alamo. You know, got to see Stacey Nelkin on the oh, big man. screen. And he said, that. oh, I've never seen him. I'm like, oh, dude, you have to get out. He's like, dude, I haven't seen any Halloween movies. I haven't even seen Halloween 1. Joshua. That checks out. When you get to this even episode alone. next year, slap yourself for me. You need to see Look, Halloween. He, it's... It's not his fault. It's just every time he wants to watch a movie, he puts on B movie. <laughs> every movie becomes B movie. <laughs> well, then we'll go into his Fucking apartment. It's just like, filled with DVDs. Uh, you see- Josh, dude, have you seen Halloween yet? Oh, you mean the one with the bees? <laughs> <laughs> Should we just all get him a DVD of blue of a B movie? So he has like yes, so he has like a dozen DVDs of B movies. Yes, we should. I mean, you're just stepping on secrets. Anyway. Why can't? All right. Why can't I? Listeners at home, movies? we're opening a PO box for him. <laughs> Send your copy. <laughs> Chris, I, you should absolutely watch X. Okay, I'll get to my promise. And then the thing that everyone talks about is the one jump scare. I've known about it like my entire I life. Don't know about I've it. always no, known it was yeah. coming. It still made me like almost yelp. It got me so fucking good. It's so perfect. I fucking love that movie. Because Exorcist is another one. Like, I respect it. I understand its importance and everything. But it's just, I've given it a couple tries. It's never really clicked with me. Like, I respect it, but I don't enjoy it. But I 
fucking love Exorcist. I gotta tell you, really I, even I don't respect Exorcist one. I I can't even go so far as to be like, well, it's very important for the genre and to be nominated for an Academy Award. I just don't like it. I don't think the idea of a demon possessing a girl and just saying swear words is is scary. It's almost a spooky demon voice will always take me out no matter what I'm oh, watching. That too, yeah. Even when I was a kid, to this day, it doesn't matter what movie Unless I'm watching. Unless it's Wishmaster. Well, that's yeah. different. <laughs> like, even, like, in Evil Dead movies, it will take me out of the moment, like, oh, you don't have to overmodulate yeah. that. That sounds like shit. But that's that's the hang-up I've always had. But that's life. Let's see here. Boy, we are fucking foreign. Let's just talk about it. Chris, talk to me about Let the Right One In. I have to talk about it. Uh, one of my most favorite movies. Because I feel time. like it's very important to you. <laughs> you were very eager to get me I to watch really, it. I really, really love this movie. Did you not love it? Oh, I did. Absolutely. Oh, okay. oh I guess this is my point to talk good. about for another 20 minutes like I always do. Um, Absolutely. I, I got a really, really, really big poster of it in my room. And I, I, I just remember the first time I watched it, I was just so hooked. I was just so entranced by the movie. That's It's so beautiful. It's, it's a cute little romance, you know? And it's, it's a drama you like you really feel for the characters and you like them, you want to see them succeed and it's just set up so well. And boy, is it better than the book. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, and I hate the idea that it was remade. So here's the thing about the remake. <laughs> as far as remakes go, like, it's incredibly well done. Like, all the performances are good. Richard Jenkins as, like, her caretaker is a great performance. Better say but. It's it's very well shot, but it's like the same thing. Oh, like it's the oh, same movie. I watched them back to back today because that's what I do with my life, and I just like watching the same movie twice. So if you were going to watch it, watch the original. I feel like what I'm talking to you specifically. Oh. Like if you were ever going to watch it, like if it's been a while since you've seen the original, yeah, pop uh, it on. Like give see, it a shot. Like it's well, like, everything about it's well done. It's just very much the same thing. That's the thing, is like I, I that's one of those movies I don't want to watch based on principle because that reminds me of Spike Lee's remake of Old Boy. It's it's like how dare you? Oh my god. You know? I, I don't like it when an American director sees a foreign film and I can do it better. Because that so very rarely works. It worked with David Fincher. I think it's more the stu- more the studio being like, Oh, this movie's really good but people don't pay to see movies they have to read. Like they're doing that with something that came out last year called Terrified, which is super good. And then, like, a month later, like, hey, don't worry, we're remaking it because no one's going to read it. Yeah, they're also doing with another gotcha. movie that came out last year called Your Name. <laughs> yep. I know. Like, I Parker, don't just make a joke re- about this remake. This cube. I was going to leave that oh. be because I know this movie's important to you. <laughs> buzz, buzz. <laughs> like, the remake doesn't need to exist. But it does, so at least it's fucking well done and it looks nice and everyone acts well. Like at least it's a well made movie. <laughs> You're really making me sound boy, very petulant for not wanting to watch You're Like, no, Chris, it no, actually I, is quite I good. I get it. <laughs> Chris, I've seen a lot of horror remakes in my life. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> as far as this goes, like I was that was the only problem really, is that I watched them back to back. So it would cut to the next scene, I'm like, Okay, so this is gonna happen and then this and it was like almost exact. The opening's a little different yeah. other than that. There's some minor tweaks, but it's yeah. mostly the same. But boy, as someone who's seen some... I've seen some attempts to remake foreign movies that are just 
fucking dire. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yes. Time to talk about quarantine again? Oh my fucking god, dude. Yeah, just get Deb. She'll do it. Fuck it. <laughs> Who needs believable characters when you just have these firefighters talk about wanting to fuck her for 20 minutes? What I'm saying, Chris, is you could do significantly worse. I'm not saying you need to see it, but it's on the list, so you will. So at least go into yeah, it knowing a good it's a real point. movie. Yeah, thanks for nothing. It is a real movie. Oh, like, that's, that's good. That's better than what we usually get. Correct. And these are all back-ended compliments, but... Look, I watched them back-to-back and didn't go like, Alright, fuck this, I'm turning it's this like off. It's like one of the best signs is that you had virtually nothing to say about Let the yeah. Right One In. That's, I'm, I'm being serious, though. It's usually when we, we watch a really good movie, we're like, there's nothing to say, it's perfect. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Everyone should watch it. I should have watched it a fucking decade ago. That's on yeah. me. I, I think it's seriously That's... one of the best movies of that decade, uh, 2000 and 2009. Yes, it is incredibly yeah. good. But of course, it came out during a period where I was barely seeing any movies, much less movies I had to read. So it's just... <laughs> That's been sitting on the... Oh, I should get to that shelf since I was in college. And here we are now. Finally knocked that one off. Uh, let me see. I think that'll do it. No one needs to hear my thoughts on Annabelle Comes Home. No. Spoilers, it's fine. You it's love It's surprisingly much better than I thought it'd be. It's like <laughs> significantly better than at least three or four of those movies. But also, neither of you had any desire to ever see it. And that's yeah. fine. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to commit to seeing all the Marvel movies. <laughs> I can't, in good faith, commit to seeing all of the fucking Conjuring That is check out Scorsese. I'm a sloppy, sloppy piggy. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you guys ready to talk about Silver Bullet? Always. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so this is one of those unique movies where I knew right off the bat I had to pay attention and take notes. It's a good sign. It's a it's a really good sign. Um, the first thing it starts off with is the stirring love theme from Silver Bullet. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking theme song from uh, Secret of Nim. Uh, anyway, it it kind of reminds me of the opening of The Touch of Satan because it just has this uh, guy just fucking along some old redneck. Uh, Parker, we got to talk about. It. Does Stephen King hate people who talk like you more than he hates greasers? Yes, so much. <laughs> the fuck he looks down on us like he doesn't live in buttfuck Maine, <laughs> just a small town of eighteen white people, and he's so fucking proud of himself. <laughs> you get sensitive about this. We don't always talk like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Parker, look, I also hate city slickers. Maybe if he was nicer to people like us, he wouldn't have gotten fucking <laughs> drop shotted by that car. So, you just know that Stephen King wrote that uh, that Rheingold jingle in there for him to sing. He was like, "No, no, no, we have to have this in there." Fuck Rheingold and fuck, fuck. Rednecks. <laughs> Parker, can we talk about that death scene and how far that man's head flies? <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes into this movie, his head goes flying so fucking far into the distance, like fucking Team Rocket blasting off. <laughs> I've never been more secure that we made a good choice, because yeah. I had forgotten that's how it opened. Just some random dude walking and then catapulted. Yeah. And then it, then it cuts to close. the town festival. Remember when towns would have festivals? And, <laughs> no, because I Absolutely. live in the civilized world. 
<laughs> you also don't live in the fucking 70s. I know this movie came out in the 80s. I think it was 81 for this movie. 85. Sorry, it was 85. This movie might as well take place in the 70s because everyone's got a fucking 70s-ass haircut going on. I just assume anytime I see a parade in a movie, like, okay, I'm supposed to think this takes place in the 60s. It's like, I don't know. This is going to be racist. <laughs> I mean, Stephen King wrote it, so yeah. Uh, anyway, we get our so lovable characters. This just delightful family that you really want to spend time with and not cover your ears up whenever they're talking. Uh, oh God. So, Alex, I have to ask you the question that I know you want to ask us. Do you think that's the kid from Mac and Me? <laughs> what? <laughs> Are we Mac operating under the assumption that there's only one wheelchair yes, in all yes. of us? <laughs> I, I think that's actually the the kid from the the Burger King Kids Club. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, you've mentioned in the past that you do not want to spawn any children. And Parker, goddamn right. And Parker, it's not really an option for you. But for me, I would. Right. For me, I'd kind of like to start a family. Until I saw this movie, that I'm like, oh no, you can have a little pels with your own, dude. <laughs> oh, you were sitting on that for sure about was. as long as he's been sitting on that chair. Anyway, got him. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So, so Wally has been teasing his sister by, I guess he, there's a snake in the tree. And then she sees it as surprised. And How would he know? I, I, I don't. He, he can look up. Come on. It's his legs that are paralyzed, not his neck. Anyway, uh, so his idiot friend, who no one likes, has a snake and he puts it in the tree. And then she sees it and is surprised and she falls down. And then she starts screaming about how much she hates her crippled brother because she fell down. <laughs> And she is the narrator. And I'm like, I hope she gets redeemed at some point because now I hate her. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning the narration, which opens the movie and then pops back in at like the 53 minute mark. She just starts talking again. It's so awful. I forgot the movie was narrated until she was like, who is the... Oh. So Red and I went down to the... What the fuck? Who is this? Why is she narrating? She's not the main character. This kid's wheelchair. The first time you just hear that thing going, that fucking gas-powered wheelchair. <laughs> it just sounds like a lawnmower revenue. <laughs> Dumbass kid fucking scoot around and put fake snakes on people. Imagine, imagine you're like at the park, you're playing butts up or whatever, and you just hear, hello, it's myself. I would like to play. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Ah, I almost snuck up on you. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> three blocks away. Can you imagine trying to play hide-and-seek with that thing? <laughs> well, I don't know if it looks farce. Can you imagine playing ding-dong ditch with that thing? <laughs> How do I get down off the porch? I didn't think this through. How did I get up here? Honey, did you leave your leaf blower on out there? <laughs> Can you imagine only being able to ding-dong ditch the accessible houses? <laughs> you can only ding-dong ditch the public library. <laughs> I own that freight warehouse. <laughs> Hell yeah. High five. <laughs> you called the shit poop. Guys, keep me down. Keep me down. Guys, keep me down. <laughs> All right. So uh, they have to drive back uh, home together. And that's just got to be like, 
the most unpleasant family to be around. I'm sorry. They just don't seem like I, I ever want to be with that family. Anyway, he feels sorry about it. He gives her a dollar so she could buy new hose. Um, what's the deal with fucking pantyhose, man? Like, just go with your with your shins out. Oh, right? oh, that's what you said, because I heard hooves, oh. and I was very confused no, for a second. I was like, wait, when did that happen? No, 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 no sorry. <laughs> very different movie. Um, now, my horse needs new no, feet. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> now, Parker, I, I think I may have skipped around here, because my next note is, I forgot Gary Busey was in this until Gary Busey is in this he <laughs> appears like a bat out of hell doing what i can only assume is ad-libbing there's no way that script said all right and then you yell at the <laughs> child for playing the wrong card you start screaming no managers and then you yell piss on the yankees piss on the yankees because <laughs> that's the thing is before this they're talking about oh your drunk uncle who's no good i'm like who's it gonna be is it gonna be like ernest borgnine or something like that when does werewolf gary Busey come in it's not Werewolf Gary Busey. It's Gary Busey Gary Busey. Uh, he just... It's so much better. Yes, very much so. 100% so. Uh, Gary Busey comes in and is playing cards with his beloved crippled nephew. And it's really, really funny just how he's screaming in this kid's ear about, No! That's not the card you play! Next one! Fuck it! Let's go! Okay, we have to take him to bed. What? What are you, pussy? <laughs> Please, God, I just, every time he has to pee, I have to pick him up. I'm exhausted. Let's just put the kid to bed. Whoa, we're playing cards in here. Like, oh, fuck. You're not even his dad. You don't have to deal with this every day. What do you mean you can't have a sip of my beer? That, honey, that, that's whiskey. You, we can, you can have you one. reek of malt liquor. Please put my son down. <laughs> All right, you can have a nip. Just start shoving it down the kid's throat. I love my uncle so much. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I would love Gary Busey if he was my uncle too, mostly because I would have no choice. Do you think in twenty years this is just going to be Josh showing up at Chris's house? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just kicks open the door. It's like no, no, no. Use a control stick. You have to double jump with it. No items. Damn it! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Fucking kid throws a poke ball. <laughs> he just picks up the remote and clocks him with it. You expect to get any girls like that? <laughs> Can we please play another game, Uncle Josh? I'm tired of losing. No, no, no. Come on. This game puts hair on your chest. Let's go. Builds character. <laughs> what are we doing? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um... There's a. I, I'm trying to set up the scene because I didn't take notes on it, but I'm trying to remember how it happened. So he goes to school, and that's where the kids reveal that it's his wheelchair that's called the Silver Bullet. And I'm just like, which sucks. I, I kept thinking to myself, oh my god, if if he just rams into the werewolf and that's how he kills the werewolf, I will fucking scream. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping that would happen, but it, that's not really what happens. So to give anything away. Anyway, he's at the school, going ring, 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 around everywhere. And he's, <laughs> and he's got a little, <laughs> he's got a little girlfriend too. You know, she's walking around. I don't remember anything about her character. Did she have anything interesting about her? Cause I'm going somewhere with this is, he walks her home from school. I assume he car he carries her oh. books because, like, you could just put them in the back. And uh, 
So she's walking home and her dad calls her. And this is basically the same thing that he did in It. The redneck father, oh, I don't want my eight-year-old girl sleeping with boys. I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen, dude. (laughs) (laughs) And then... <laughs> then uh, the the kid's just like, oh, I guess, I guess I better go. Your dad's uh, he he looks like he's kind of drunk and violent. She's like, yeah, I'll see you later, honey. And he's like, oh, you too. And they leave, right? And she goes in the house, and that old redneck dad looks at the kid with just this look in his eye, like, oh, those fucking cripples sucking up all the welfare. Just kill them all, I say. <laughs> that and he slams the door. I know that's. Who says that? I understand. Okay, so here's the thing about the movie is the movie is a little bit preachy with, the, you know, some of the whole, uh, you know, cripples are people too stuff. It's like, we already know. I don't, I don't know. I kind of feel like that wasn't really a thing where people are just like, yeah, we should kill everyone who's disabled. Chris, Chris, you got to realize this is Maine, so they didn't have any minorities. That's a good point. Yeah, that's you know, right. Much like Wolfen, this is a werewolf movie with a message. That's something to say. <laughs> that, that's the thing is, like, I, I sort of defend it because it's, it's the same way that I defended uh, the the bit of a preachiness in it is like, I like to know where a writer stands. A lot of them will sort of pussyfoot around. He's saying it's no, it's not okay to commit genocide against disabled people. That's very brave of him. I, 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 I too agree. And that's why I'm such a big fan of people telling me how bad the army is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that happens. You guys know about this Donald Trump yeah. guy? Like <laughs> this character. Now let's, uh, Let's keep that old redneck dad who wants to commit genocide against everyone with a physical disability in the back of our minds because we will be revisiting him. Uh, I think before we do that, I want to talk about the bar, uh, how that must be the most unpleasant bar in the world. Correct. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, it is the opposite of the bar. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, it is also the opposite <laughs> of the Mondo Burger in the Wraith. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll watch the Wraith again. you damn right you do. Same. <laughs> Big old sack of ribs that takes up for my car. Uh, anyway, yeah. Some people start a fight over, I guess, nothing really important. Uh, they just want to, they're just spoiling for a fight now. Um, and someone gets killed at some point. Uh, I... The bar scenes have my favorite character thing. Which is the fat police officer that no one respects, <laughs> who has like his top three buttons unbuttoned and his clip on tie clipped to one side. It's so fucking good. <laughs> they show it like three times and the they never draw attention to it. Yeah. But it's so fucking stupid just having it clipped on one collar. Okay, so someone dies and I think they're trying to investigate it. They're like, oh, police aren't doing anything. We should form our own militia and investigate that. I'm like... Fucking an angry mob on werewolves. Yeah. Werewolf lynch mob like 20 minutes into this 90 minute Yeah, movie. but it doesn't go anywhere because there need to be more murders. There are murders spread throughout the, the movie. Some of which I, I didn't take note of, but you know, they'll stick in your mind. Uh, anyway, Stephen King is really big on, uh, you know, if there's a bad character, he has to get his at some point. Because uh, you know, no one likes a bully. So that uh, geno- the guy who wants to commit genocide against disabled people, which is the only way I'm going to refer to him now, is, uh, I guess he's watching pro wrestling or something like that. He's in front of the TV. He sure and he is. says some immortal <laughs> line that I will never forget. Ooh, that hurts my parts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad that between this and... Uh... 
oh god brain scan i've now seen two <laughs> two movies where somebody gets murdered while they're watching wrestling <laughs> the 90s wait. the 90s aping the wait was it was it just... brain scan or was it the lawnmower man i think it was lawnmower man where the guy gets murdered while watching yeah was it? yeah yeah oh, dude i don't yeah, fucking know all those movies are the same dude. person is he's watching wrestling <laughs> to which hulk hogan <laughs> looks through the screen and says you're in for a wild ride brother <laughs> Do you think that the lawnmower man used a digital lawnmower to go over his digital legs? And that's why he's in the wheelchair. I was thinking of that scene from uh, King of the Hill. Ah, ain't got no fingers. Okay, so <laughs> his legs was digital. <laughs> digital, digital, get down. Okay, that doctor told him that he would never walk again, and he was right. <laughs> and my dad rolled right up. The- <laughs> Oh jeez. So anyway, he gets killed by a werewolf. Um I think it just bursts in from the ceiling. I could be wrong. Um This werewolf is running through walls. Uh it's quite good. Now he's boy, we missed the we missed it, Charles. At some point I think a, a little girl gets killed by uh the werewolf. Right? Let's talk about the girl. Let's we'll go back to back at the parade where a woman and her boyfriend oh, have an right, argument right. over Who's the mo- who's the father of the child? In which he says, "It's your oven, but it ain't my bun. You got bacon in there," which is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever heard. This movie's yeah. so fucking good. Cut to her just at home with a bunch of pills. Yeah, she wants to kill herself, right? <laughs> Suicides go to hell, especially if they're pregnant. And then before she can take her own life. A werewolf comes through the window and murders her. King. So it seems like King. So it seems like this uh, werewolf is like an avenging creature of God. Do you think werewolves are in the Bible? Let's discuss. I wrote that as a joke about the cleansing hand of the wolfman, (laughs) and then the movie unfolded because I had forgotten who it was. Holy. Yeah, we will get to that. Um, We will certainly get to that. Anyway. The, the girl dies, and we cut back to the bar, where they're still spoiling for a good fight. And uh, the sheriff is just like, no, 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 this is police business. You can't just form an angry mob and hunt down a werewolf. There's a law against it. And then the girl's father comes in. And I actually really like this scene. Um, it's it's a bald guy, if you remember him. And he comes in there. No, it was his son. It was his son. Sorry. So the bald guy goes into the bar, gives a speech after the funeral. And it's actually pretty well done. It's really emotional. It's well-written. And it's followed by the scene where the werewolf beats an old man to death with a baseball bat. <laughs> his delivery about his son being in pieces, where he just starts yelling into the camera, is a yeah. lot. Oh, we'll get to we'll get to the scene that kind of plays out. Anyway, after the guy says, "I think it was like you want frontier justice," because that's what I want. I'm going for frontier justice. And everyone goes up and they're like, uh, they sing the Kill the Beast song from Beauty and the Beast. And uh, the lone <laughs> priest, uh, Everett McGill, is in here, uh, Parker's dad. And uh, he's trying to stop hey. like three dozen people from hunting this werewolf, like one at a time by trying to get in their way and just not doing anything. They go into the forest and uh, turns out that they're not able to kill the werewolf. Because it's a werewolf. <laughs> and it's fucking immune to... It's worth yeah. a try, though, you know? <laughs> this whole fucking Boggy Creek gang goes out there and just gets mauled by and a wolf. And again, man. it beats an old man to death with a baseball bat. <laughs> it's, like, 
<laughs> fucking bear Jew ass werewolf just seeing off. It's a fucking least... ball game. It's one out of the fuck. <laughs> just the... there are at least two bludgeonings in this movie about a killer and werewolf. He's holding up the bat, and you can just see the arm to bark, bark, bark. I don't know why that's so funny. Anyway, after that is the nightmare scene in the church. We have to talk about <laughs> the church scene. I just have what the fuck. Is I just this? have this image of Stephen King at a typewriter typing out the words, and then the sexy priest dreamed of a werewolf playing the organ in a church full of werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> Movies are so good. Entire budget is just this fucking our town nonsense all turning into wolves and howling just so we can wake up shirtless and afraid there, there's a lot of really great lines in this movie mostly spoken by gary Busey. but the one that the ball guy says to the church tore it apart <laughs> he is doing a lot of acting and i really yeah. appreciated it can't be easy on him i'm sure that and that's what Everett mckayla wakes up oh that was that was just a nightmare it's <laughs> my Everett mcgill voice uh, cut. You want to take that again? So no, sir. All right. So we cut back to the house of the family who we hate. But, <laughs> yeah, but we do. Gary Busey's here, and I can I do it? I because I want to do it. Uh, Gary yes. Busey is uh, he's working on something in the garage, and uh, his crippled nephew comes by. We say cripple a lot in this episode, but I don't care. What are they going to do? They're crippled. Uh, he comes by. He's just like, oh, my, my sister's being kind of a bitch. He's just, and he looks at him. I, I was about to say, like, oh, my God, if he smacks that kid and knocks him over for calling his sister a bitch. <laughs> I was like, good movie. Anyway, he, he claims that his sister just got tits and act, it is acting like the first person who ever got tits. I'm like, do people talk like that ever? <laughs> uh Anyway, imagine confiding that in Uncle Gary Busey. <laughs> My stupid sister got tits. God, I hate it so hate much. It. Anyway, what you doing in the garage there, Spooky Busey? <laughs> anyway, he's just got to give. Hey, you don't live here, but you sure are here a lot in our garage. That's weird. <laughs> Busey's just staring at the kid with this lopsided look on his face, and I and I keep thinking like, oh, what's going to happen here? He says, and as it turns out, Gary Busey was not listening to a word the kid was saying. He just says. Boy, that sure sucks. I bet you're real steamed. Want to cheer her up? Want to see something really cool? And uh, the kid's like, yeah, sure, I got nothing better. And he opens up the garage and he says, <clears throat> let me do the voice I've been working on this. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget that line okay. and he displays the new and improved uh nimbus 2000 uh wheelchair <laughs> which he gives him the wheelchair equivalent of the hulk car from tokyo i found my new favorite <laughs> fictional car i want to drive this <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> what's dk stand for <laughs> don't know anyway into the fucking uh we'll just call it what it is the car and uh <laughs> he's just like oh can i can i take it driving oh can i can i can i yeah sure let her oh shit <laughs> that thing is so much faster he's ready for he's like and then just stares at this kid with like a wistful smile i was like that kid's gonna kill himself <laughs> <laughs> and he is flying down the road and 
I guess it's supposed to be like a heartwarming scene or something. <laughs> I don't know sure. what they're trying to convey, yeah. but there was really not a whole lot of reasons for that to be in the movie. Um, fucking Pelswick. But it leads us to such an incredible confrontation. <laughs> oh, right. Tell me about it. How could you forget? I did take notes on this, but it's <laughs> now it's all coming back to me. <laughs> he just he fucks off in the middle of the night with the fireworks that Uncle Red gave him so he could feel like a real Why is he boy. called Red? I don't know. And then he runs into the werewolf while launching fireworks. <laughs> and he shoots a firework at the werewolf to get away. Does a firework hit his eye? Is that the is this the scene where it happens where the yes. firework hits his eye? Okay. He fires a bottle rocket in the werewolf's eye and escapes on his super. So he's he's convinced. He saw a werewolf, and throughout the entire movie, they're really trying to like breadcrumb that it's it's Gary Busey who's a werewolf, right? Because he's the one who's like, "Don't pay no never mind to that uh, werewolf thing. That's just stuff and legends. Don't go investigating it or nothing either." But that's my biggest problem with the movie because in real life. Gary Busey is the one person who would believe me if I told him I saw a werewolf. Yeah. A thousand percent. He would have my back. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, anyway, uh, Fred says, Hey, Uncle Red, you want to go find a Dracula? Well, hell yes, I do. And he would just fucking get you on a flight yeah. to Romania the next day. This movie's Anyway, Freddy says to Daphne, Let's split up, gang. And uh, the kid goes searching for clues. And... Uh, <laughs> He finds such a clue. He finds a raging clue. <laughs> he sure <laughs> does. Tell me about it, Parker. <laughs> Which clue is this? I haven't watched this. In okay, like a I'll, week. I'll do the best I can. Is this? He's he's looking for uh, someone with an injured eye. I think that's his sister's idea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I had this confused with something yeah. else. He okay. gets. I think he. Oh wait wait wait. I don't know if it's him or it's his sister. I think it's his sister, actually. His sister decides to do the heavy lifting for no real reason. This is where the narration wow. comes back. Because I decided to come back to the movie. I hope you guys missed me. Uh, and she's uh, she's <laughs> like, oh, well, if the eye's injured, then you know, I'll look for people who are missing their eye. There's a really dramatic barbershop scene <laughs> where she's just like... Oh, yeah! Yeah, and she goes up and... That guy's just sitting there trying to enjoy himself with his hot towel. You guys know about the hot towel the, the sanctity hot of the hat of the hot towel is the most important thing you know what i am gonna order a towel warmer right now <laughs> i don't know why that's so funny <laughs> really got me. i think that's gonna be our cold open <laughs> oh these are expensive dude I don't know if I want to order Which this is, anymore. Parker and I are, I don't know how many thousands of miles away, but we just looked at each other. <laughs> we just exchanged a look and just hear typing. <laughs> it was a look of confusion, then like... Well, yeah, that's exactly... That. Yeah. If you find a deal, you know, you gotta, you gotta hook the crew some up. Some towels that could be hot. Yeah, I could go for a hot towel, right? Piece by microwave this whole time. <laughs> Freestanding towel. Okay, let's back to the fucking thing. Anyway, moving on. So, <laughs> we're two hours in. So, she peels the hot towel off this guy's face after asking repeatedly, anyone here with an injured eye? Injured eye. Looking for an injured eye. What about this guy? Mysteriously wrap it off and the guy just looks at her like, really? Enjoying my hot towel. You had to do that? Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Dumb bitch. Anyway, so she leaves 
And uh, she comes across Everett McGill. It turns out he's the werewolf. Spoilers. And he's wearing an eye patch. And if you've ever watched Twin Peaks like we have, it's just like, oh, but Nadine in the show, there's a thing. Uh, and it's just like, it's just kind of weird for me to see. I think this is something where Twin Peaks fans jump up and down and clap like seals uh, when they see it. But uh, it... <laughs> I think they do that at a lot of dumb things. Yeah, I do. That's okay. Uh, Is this the scene? I think she ends up going into the... uh his little shed behind the church or something like that is looking for all this stuff and she finds that baseball bat, which is labeled Peacemaker. Finds the obvious bloody... Like, why wouldn't he just throw the fucking bat away? Why would he just leave yeah, it? Yeah, werewolf, shit? man. He probably had animal brain when yeah. he left it there. <laughs> that, oh, there you go. That's I a just, fair thing. So he decided, oh, I'll I just, take it with me. I want to I wanna talk about the next scene so Please badly. go. You're, you're, that's your turn. <laughs> so these kids find out that the priest is a werewolf. And they know that <laughs> no one's going to believe them. Because why would they? So their answer is to start posting at the werewolf. <laughs> Fucking kill yourself, loser. <laughs> they just send him a bunch of mail telling him to kill himself. Uh, we did skip one scene that I have to talk about because you are... Did I miss one? Uh, no, no, no. This is. I, I bet you're not going to even believe me when I say this, but it's 100% true. And you're not going to like the fact that I went immediately to this reference. At one point, Wally is trying to escape from the werewolf, and he gets into his room, and I think he, like, kicks over his Atari, and so some genius savant was just like, oh, we should play, like, an Atari noise uh, when it gets into his room. Did you guys hear the Atari noise that that machine made? It was a rendition of that, uh, da-da-da-da-da-da thing. Do you know what Atari game had that sound? Da-da-da-da-da-da. It was a little game known as Custer's Revenge. <laughs> You're right, Chris. I didn't like to use that reference. <laughs> I heard that. I'm like, wait a second. No! <laughs> this kid. Chris, I have a lot of questions about why you immediately picked that I up. I don't know. I, and... <laughs> I actually have no questions about How that. is your mind palace doing today? Oh, my memory warehouse is, uh, <laughs> it's, it, we need overtime Needs work. to be cleaned out. Desperately. Some kid ding-dong ditched us, and we've been in disarray ever since. <laughs> anyway. Josie, it's the game where you rape Indians. Sick, thanks. My brain's doing great. So Everett McGill's reveal and explanation is maybe my favorite thing in the world. It's so funny fucking ludicrous where he basically reveals himself after they've just been trolling him via mail he's just been posting at him Get and good, he idiot. snaps and tries to run a wheelchair kid off the uh, that scene <laughs> this little kid is going me 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 and getting fucking almost knocked off a bridge by a grown man in a car it's one of the funniest visuals do you think seen. Stephen King really likes the idea that you know the good way to deal with an evil monster just post at him <laughs> That's he put him in his fucking bird book. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, all those teens were uh, posting at Carrie, so that's what you get. <laughs> I love movies. <laughs> Delete your account, werewolf. Pig's blood was really the first soft block. If you yeah. think about it. <laughs> 
So, uh, Everett McGill reveals himself to the children. He's like, yes, I, it's really me, the werewolf. And the reason I'm doing it is because, like he said, it's the hand of God. I'm here to avenge their souls or something like that. But she was a suicide, so I had to prevent her from going to hell. So this way, I've actually saved her soul. <laughs> and the You're unborn welcome. baby. <laughs> so. You guys buying we, this? No? All right, I'm going to transform Shall, shall we get to the <laughs> ending? Oh, my God. I I want it so Okay. Bad. <laughs> There's so much going into the ending, including them going up to Gary Beast and be like, look, I know you don't believe me, but can you just do this for me? Can you just turn this necklace into a bullet? <laughs> I forgot so about Gary that. Gary just goes to the local gun shop, and this dude just welds... Fucking gunsmith in this, this town. Fucking gunsmith just wields this fucking Van Helsing silver bullet for him. Like, yeah, it's perfectly good. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, I mean, you know, it's just a prop. You know, what would he use that for? And the guy leans in, he's like, for shooting werewolves. Cut away. Never mention again. This old man knew that he was making a werewolf killer. <laughs> this old man in this spooky main town knew that this this little bullet was going to be given to this crippled child. To shoot a giant wolf man. And then we get back to the house, Chris. Oh, boy. So did you know Gary Busey did his own stunts for this? Are you at all surprised? <laughs> no! He thought it was a real wolf. tell me about Gary Busey in this movie that surprised me. <laughs> so he's literally <laughs> launching himself off a fucking trampoline into all that furniture when the, when the thing attacks. So, like, before the attack happens, he's like, alright, fuck this, this is stupid. I'm gonna stay up, because I said I'll stay up. But you're gonna go to bed. And the kid goes, well, what if I say no? Gary Busey stops pushing him, gets right in his face and says, I'm gonna kick your ass! <laughs> and then the wolf attacks. He threatens to beat the shit out of this little cripple kid. <laughs> I fucking love this movie, you guys. I want to watch it again. Exactly. And that's the thing is we've... When we're talking about some of the lines in this movie. Is some of them we haven't quoted uh, verbatim. I just went to the uh, IMDb quotes section. Before he shows off the, uh, the super-powered wheelchair to the kid, he says, I feel like a virgin on prom night. Don't say that to a kid, dude. <laughs> Do not... You're going to have to explain what that yeah. means. Also, I didn't know the character's name. The guy who wants to commit genocide against uh, wheelchair-bound people. His name is Milt Sturmfuller. Uh, his Same. his exact... Definitely yeah, not. His exact words are, Damn cripples always end up on welfare. Ought to electrocute them all. Balance the damn budget. That's a real thing that someone wrote in this movie. <laughs> uh, anyway. To be fair, that is exactly what a real Nazi Can we say. please talk about... My favorite line Cack. in this whole movie. <laughs> you just. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you tired. so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of that guy just. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goddamn cripple. Top cat. That's what I say. Parker's tired, so I'll close this out. Can we talk about the ending line? Which one of you wants to say the ending line? Alex, what are you no, no Alex, you were the one that told me to watch this movie. This is your baby. <laughs> what? I told you to watch this? Really? So, yes. Yeah. You said very good things about the this movie. The ending line is... Immortal. I could have sworn it was the other way around. No, no, no. It was actually me who recommended it. And you guys are taking too long, so I'll quote it. Uh, the kid says... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, God. I I can't feel my legs. I don't think I could walk. 
<laughs> and then the movie just kind of ends yeah, on that. Just like that's what it's all about, folks. It's like oh, I can't feel my legs. What? I don't think I can walk. <laughs> I love you. I and I couldn't tell him, but Marty, I love you too. And then credits roll, and I I am laughing like a fucking hyena. <laughs> Because the whole climax is just takes place in the shitty cabin with the worst Party City werewolf costume you've ever seen in your fucking life. You realize immediately, like, oh, that's why it was in shadows for the previous 85 minutes. Yeah. It is horrendous. Uncle Red, the inventor. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, people throw around the term masterpiece. But so he said, "Sometimes I think your common sense got paralyzed along with your legs." <laughs> <laughs> but he's like the only one that likes hanging out with this kid. So he's he's very so much he's just nagging him constantly. He's also like very much a good person in the movie. But as far as an influence goes, I don't know if I have someone as an influence who says stuff like, "Holy jumped up bald headed Jesus Palomino." <laughs> And again, he, it's just everything he says, I swear he must have ad-libbed every single one of his lines. Because he says, I understand my niece and nephew are sending little love notes to a local minister suggesting he gargle with broken glass, read a rat poison omelet. If there is a script, he did not read All right, it. do we have... I will not Do we have any final thoughts on, uh, on Silver Bullet? How do you explain Silver Bullet? Like, when you talk about Stephen King movies... I think for like 90% of people, this wouldn't be like in the top 15 you think of. And that is a crime. And it is now my goal to make everyone aware of it. Like, fuck Carrie, fuck The Shining, <laughs> fuck Salem's Lot, fuck Cujo, fuck Firestarter, fuck all of it. Everyone on the planet should watch Silver Bullet. Because this movie sh should not I'm exist. Just thinking of when you tell someone like, hey, did you ever see that werewolf movie with Corey Hayman in a wheelchair and Gary Busey? They're like, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> no. I'm just thinking of every Stephen King movie, but with one character replaced by Gary Busey. Oh Can you God. imagine that? He could be Cujo. <laughs> Imagine rabid Gary Busey outside your fucking car. I wouldn't so, get out. Who in the Langoliers? <laughs> who in the Langoliers do you replace with Gary Busey? The Langoliers. <laughs> giant mouth. What a stupid question. Look at those fucking <laughs> choppers he has. Are you joking? That's a flying Gary Busey head stopping time. Really? You're not going to replace Holy the Jesus. guy who tore paper? <laughs> no. Just remove him from the movie. Because again, I'm yeah, thinking I remember about him. him in The Shining instead of Jack Nicholson. I'm thinking of him in Carrie instead of John Travolta. <laughs> oh my god, what if he was Carrie's dad? <gasps> oh man. <laughs> Super fundamentalist Christian Gary I'm, Busey. I'm thinking about him in uh, Stand By Me instead of... Uh, who's who's the kid I made you listen to his album? <laughs> Corey, instead of Corey Feldman, it's, oh, it's, a, a, dark fully, it's a fully grown uh, uh, Gary Busey in that movie playing with kids looking for a dead body. <laughs> he raked my old man. <laughs> Imagine just a whole city full of nothing but little haunted children all being led by Gary Busey. <laughs> like a pipe. Gary Busey is he who walks a by Pied the A Piper, he's playing a fucking harmonica. They're all following him. <laughs> Outlander! <laughs> how, how mad would Jeffrey Jones be when Gary Busey? 
Alright, let's let's move on to the game of games. Alright, I'm just gonna keep this short because A, it's just nothing but punishment for me, and B, all of the ideas that I wanted to implement are gonna wait till next week. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say that I lost twice and each one of you can give me a movie. Ooh. Ooh. Uh Parker, ladies first. Uh, I gotta look at my list here. I guess that puts a dress on me. Um Alex, there's actually a lot of movies I want to assign you. I don't really feel like throwing out any punishments because I, I don't know. I'm just not really into that idea. Uh, I I was so punished watching that fucking Rams Niners game on Sunday. <laughs> but there's nothing you can do that's worse than that. But no, but by all means, like okay. uh, I'm going to give you a, a necessary one. I'm a, I'm a little bit apprehensive as to whether you'll enjoy it as much as Parker and I love it. Uh, uh, it's about time you actually watch Wade's World. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I want you to take a trip back to the year 2000 to a town called Cherry Falls. <laughs> where all of these virgins keep getting killed. And the only way to stop it is for all these high schools to fuck each other. And also Jay Moore's their teacher. <laughs> I really want you to enjoy that. <laughs> I forgot about this. I'm so happy movie. I wrote that down because so did I. <laughs> I totally forgot this movie exists. I I'm might here. have seen it, but I don't care. I'm going to watch it again. I'm here for you. <laughs> have you seen this, Parker? Oh, buddy. Come on. <laughs> there are some things I'd like to talk to you about after you see it. I'll put it that way. Say no more. <laughs> All right. Wayne's World and Cherry, Cherry Falls. <laughs> Thank you Parker, so much. Parker, that was a good one. That was so a really one. good one. That is... I'm so excited for the conversation that's going to happen next week. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and that's the tea, sis.